0: Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Cratch alongside as always the leader of the hardcore wrestling intelligentsia and a good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's going on? We're going
1: chalk this week. We've got New Japan, WWE, and Impact.
0: Yeah, this is old school. We're doing uh <laughs> we're going with the going with the mainstream, but we got some fun topics in, in those as well. But yeah, it, it was a uh a busy week for those three and obviously a busy weekend coming up for impact. So yeah, we're kind of uh yeah, sorry if you're Really interested into our freedoms or uh uh you know you know, Oz Academy thoughts. Uh this is not the week, unfortunately. So or any week, really, for the Oz Academy thoughts, but that's all right. Or freedoms for that matter. Yeah, I was gonna say I I I like how we pointed out that Oz Academy we don't talk a lot about, but freedoms, if you come back next week, there's a very good chance you'll get ah, our yes. hot takes on freedoms. So a
1: 90 minute deep dive on freedoms that's <laughs> coming for sure. But uh
0: but yeah, this is
1: just uh, you know, the way the news breaks. This is just uh what they call a chalk week. With a, you know, the thing about it is like impact realistically isn't really like a bigger promotion than a lot of the promotions that we're not going to talk about. But for but based on like history and reputation and those sorts of things, it's like it it, it almost feels like it, it 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 still ends up higher on the pecking order than think of a promotion like during the duration of the, the the lifespan of this podcast, you know, early 2012 or whatever, there's probably been at least a half a dozen promotions that started off behind impact slash TNA and the pecking order. And have far surpassed them at this point. Right. I mean, if you're talking about something like look at like WXW, is there any question they are a bigger and more relevant promotion than impact wrestling?
0: Uh, no, I think they would definitely be. Yeah. Progress for sure. Um,
1: was yeah, yeah.
0: Any, anything, basically, that entire region, like basically any other region, you know, you know, other than Japan and and whatnot, has all seen like like Europe. When we first started, wasn't even a thing. Like you, you, didn't even talk about European wrestling. Like it wasn't until three or four, you know, two three years until the show, maybe even later than that, that we really started talking about European wrestling, and everybody really got it. We all talk about the that you know the zach Saber Junior Prince debit match as being like the one that everybody remembers from Progress. I forget what chapter it was thirteen. I think maybe was the one where everybody was like oh European wrestling oh British wrestling oh cool and then like it kind of went on from there and we have you know touched on it a bit but for the reason we always kind of will default to Impact just because I don't know like you're saying we've done it for so long so that might be a part of them.
1: and I think all of wrestling media kind of
0: uh,
1: still you know looks at it that way um, but you know I'm not necessarily trying to bash Impact here I just think like let me ask you a, a serious question like put thought into this is Game Changer Wrestling more relevant than Impact Wrestling on October eleventh, two thousand eighteen?
0: I would say no, but they're not far off. Like
1: it's it's worth a discussion, right? Right. I mean, it's
0: not like yeah, I, like on first blush, I would say no, Impact because they have quote national TV and on, on pop and and they're running pay per views and they're doing that sort of stuff. No, they're they're not, but. Yeah, like if you wanted to argue with me, I would probably listen. If you're like, hey, look, I'm making the case for Game Changer being more relevant, I wouldn't disagree with you. And, you know, come April, we're going to see that. I mean, Game Changer is doing, they're they're doing some big stuff for WrestleMania weekend. Like they're really, they've emerged as like a real player in this entire weekend. And, and in some ways, we'll talk about it, of course, once we get closer to April, they may have passed up one of the old guards of of that entire weekend. Uh, but so, yeah, I I think, yeah, if you want to make that case, I would listen to it. I just think first blush, I would say no, but it's much closer than you would have. If you told me a year ago, I would say, God damn it, Joe, what are you talking about? What the hell? No, no game changer wrestling isn't close. October 11th, 2018. eh, Like it's not that far away. There were
1: times during this podcast lifespan where TNA was, you know, drawing thousands of fans to shows in Texas for their, for their pay-per-views, whether it was bound for glory or lockdown, um, you know, running, um, um, the the Alamo Dome and drawing you know uh, six thousand fans to a show and which which seems like an eternity ago and during that same time frame you know a place like All Japan was on the verge of death and there was a lot of concern that it might just fold and now several years later um, you know again I think that'd be a very worthy debate. Who's more relevant? What's a bigger, more relevant promotion today, All Japan or Impact Wrestling? Now, look, I think the growth of All Japan, while admirable, is a little bit overstated. When you watch a lot of their shows, they're still running, you know, 200 seaters a lot of the time. And a lot of their big shows have a lot of empty seats. Uh, this hasn't been a great year for All Japan, something that, uh, you know, a lot of people haven't really, we haven't talked about on this show that much. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things right now, you know, would you would you rather have your money in All Japan or Impact?
0: Oh, All Japan that. for sure, because they 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 came from debt store and now are on the on. You know, whether it's how you want to argue how big the upswing is or whatever, it's it's inarguable that it's an upswing. You know, from where they were a yes. few years ago or where they were even held when we started the show, they were, were really beginning their, their, their downslope. And then it would see, you know, about two years ago, really the, the, the peak of the downslope we're seeing the upswing now. So like, it's obvious that, yeah, they're on the rise. Whereas impact it's the thing with impact is I don't quite know where I put like everything you read about them. Like, the 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 product itself, and, and we'll get to you know bomb for glory uh, here a little bit later. I mean the product itself, I, I think I'm probably enjoying more than I have in, in quite some time. And I haven't been really following uh this last build for, for Bomb for Glory uh, or the last month or so with the TV, but like Slime I thought was a fantastic show. I really enjoyed that. I love the build towards it. I like a lot of the stuff that they're doing, all in all, but Everything you read business wise is just bad. It just looks dire. The lowest ratings ever. You know the, the, the four week lows, like just really not good ratings wise. And just like you just look at some of the metrics, you look at some of the things, and, and you look at attendances and stuff like that. And it's just like, ah oh, man, like it's weird because creatively they're probably better than to me than they've been in in, in quite some time. And that's obviously not a high bar because there's plenty of of uh, really really bad uh, you know TNA creative. But yeah, business wise, it, it, it's hard to say that they're. I don't know if they're on like a I don't know if they're cratering or they're just kind of getting by day by day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's like, oh, my God, tomorrow they're going to close because there were times like that. I mean, don't forget there was like, hey, they're not paying anybody. And everyone's like eight months behind on on getting paid and that sort of stuff. I don't know if they're at that level quite yet, but it just doesn't it's not nothing positive is coming out in terms of business wise. So I don't know if it's a crater. I don't know if it's like they're on death's door, like we said, or if it's just like they're just kind of chugging along doing the bare minimum. And that's kind of where they're going to be for a while.
1: Well, I mean. You know, you look at all Japan and they've bounced back very nicely. And I thought the last couple of years, um, they deserved a lot of credit for that. And they've kind of stagnated a bit this year, but they still have Kento Miyahara, who Impact has nobody like that. Um, you know, a star, a legitimate ace star to build around who you can count on uh, to draw some ticket buying fans. I mean, uh, you know, all Japan sells. You know, it's not even close in terms of tickets sold compared to Impact these days. And, you know, all Japan has you know Jake Lee. Uh, You know, in you know, coming up behind Kento Miyahara, and they're very clearly, if you've been paying all Japan lately, uh, paying attention to all Japan lately, is you know, they're they're built, they're slowly building you up to that moment when Jake Lee beats Kento Miyahara, which is it shows how long we've been doing this dopey show because we were talking about Kento Miyahara being the guy coming up in all Japan and them and that company setting him up for big wins against remember Akibono, we used to talk about that, and 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 now you have Jake Lee coming up and and he's eventually going to beat Kento Miyahara, and they and they did a great job. Building up a minor star in Zeus over the last uh, couple of years, and, and he's the triple crown champ. And you look at a company like Impact, that's what they're lacking in comparison to a company like All Japan. They are not – they have not had the ability to create stars. I know the landscapes are different. You're talking about Japanese promotion and an American promotion. But I just, I just think – it, it's funny how it ebbs and flows and certain promotions have blown past because, again, during the lifespan of this show, there were times where TNA was was, you know, for a major show like we had Bound for Glory coming up. You know, they were going to draw three, four five thousand fans for a show like that.
0: Yeah, I was they, going back and looking at some of the. Uh, so, so we started the show, what, 2012, like early, 2012. Bound, early for, 2012, Bound for Glory 2012, October 2012 from the GCU Arena in Phoenix, twenty nine hundred.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: 2012, yeah. which,
1: which 2012. sounds unfathomable for them right. to draw 3,000 fans for Bound for 3, Glory, 3,000
0: right? a year later in uh in San Diego for Bound for Glory 2013. Like 3,000 yeah. fans, and then, like, of course, there was a the Kirk and Hall one too, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Just oh, to,
1: oh, I oh man, we is, spent about an hour and a half on that. I know
0: that we should dig that one up from the archives. I'll, I might want to find that one. That is one of our my favorite times on that entire show, just talking yeah. about the absurdity of that show and and. Has just losing his mind for Jiro's for jacket. Jiro. And, oh my god, what a show! What, what it's one of That's my favorite shows! It was time. a
1: fun show, it was a really fun, eclectic show.
0: Minoru uh, Tanaka exactly. defeats Manic by submission in the opener, like you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> MVP, that was a hell of a match. Too. MVP defeats Cosmo Sakamoto, like,
1: yeah. He has a wild, wild show. Oh, Andy
0: yeah. Wu! That was the other one too. Taz for the next three oh, wait, matches Andy me. Wu. He just could not. He was like, "This is Andy Wu guy! I tell you, this is Andy Wu, this is Andy Wu it was like, you know. Because if you remember,
1: he if, he started off making fun of the dude's name. Yes, but because Andy Wu is fucking awesome, yeah, and an underrated proud, junior guy,
0: like stuff, yeah.
1: he impressed Taz as the <laughs> match was happening, and then Taz would not shut up about Andy Wu. Which, you know, so it became a whole thing. And yeah, and I mean, and if you look and I, you know, I know you're probably not looking at it, but if you go back and look at any of those shows that they ran in Texas during that, you know, time, two or three year time period. I mean, for whatever reason impact always drew in Texas mm-hmm. and and now they just you know you know we've seen through the various regime changes've we've, we've always covered impact here. We've never completely forgotten about it or stopped covering it through the good and the bad and the you know email reveals and everything else And they're just in a period now where what I think is going on with with impact and I talk about this on the TV reviews on the subscriber side behind the paywall is they're, they're using the best talent available. Oh, there's it's the best roster. I think that.
0: it's the best roster they've ever had. At least the roster that mo- that I most enjoy, ever. I mean, up and down. The, we'll talk about the Baum Glory card in a little bit. I mean, there's not really. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that I like here. I mean, there's some of my favorite wrestlers on the independents all in this in, on, on that roster, and that's really never been the case for them. There's always been some warts for me. There's really not many other than maybe Sam Callahan is, is is about the only one that I really don't like, and even I think his output's been pretty solid for Impact. So he's been listen. I I don't like the
1: guy either, but he's been good. Impact, I mean, you know, that's another topic I bring up a lot on the reviews. Is I can't bash the guy, he's been good in that company, but they're using the best possible talent available, they really are. I mean, the the best talent that's realistically available to them, they're using them. The TV show is okay, there's some weeks where no, I bury it, but most weeks it's okay, and some weeks it's really good. The, the two pay-per-views, one was okay, if not a little, uh, you know, shaky. And the second one was a show of the year contender. And now we've got bound for glory coming up. I think we've reached a point where there's just been so much damage to the reputation of TNA slash impact that it, we may have reached a point of no return where some people are never fucking coming back because they've been burned too many times. They do not trust the brand. And it just has so much stink now that despite all the good work that this regime is doing, and I do think they're doing good work, they're putting forth a pretty good product, that unfortunately, my fear is that it does not matter.
0: Yeah, and, and I mentioned that many, many years ago when, during whatever Dixie random crap that was going on. And, and I, I think I said that on the show that I don't want them to go out of business. I don't want people to lose their jobs. But almost, I, I, part of me was like, if this has to happen now, it might be the best time for it because then maybe somebody else can emerge as that second. Maybe someone else can emerge, and, and there was times again, like we were talking about, the w- impact as a second to WWE when that now they're just, you know, God, they're they're not even close. And even when they were the second, they were still far away. But it felt like they were just taking up space sometimes, and, and and I don't mean that in a way that I want people to get fired. I don't want people to have their jobs or whatever. It just felt like an obligation that we had to talk about it, that people sort of had to discuss them, an obligation that they just had to be in this spot in pro wrestling. But they were such a toxic at that point that I almost said you know, it'd be good if they kind of went away because maybe then someone else would emerge there's always going to be that next person that's going to take the 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 you know take the baton and and, and get to that spot they're never going to compete with everybody I don't think at that point anyone's going to go neck and neck with WWE ever again but at least that baton for second that baton for somewhat in the conversation or the baton for the second biggest you know American promotion or whatever could at least be taken by somebody somebody could sort of take that and, and without really Anything besides their own, you know, incompetence—it it sort of happened. I mean, Ring of Honor's definitely done it, and, and some other processes have definitely done it. But there was a time where it was so toxic, and it, it, it still, in a lot of ways, are. You cannot mention. I have friends, and I'll tell them, "Oh, Slamiversary is really good." They're like, "Yeah, TNA. I'm not going to watch that." And I'm like, "I get it. You know, I, I get it." Like for ten years, it sucked. And there's a, one of my buddies I played softball with. He was a big TNA guy, and, and him and his buddy, he would always tell his buddies, you "No, know, I'm telling you, it's good." And they would go, "Oh, d- you've told us that fifteen times." He goes, "No, I promise." And I had to back him up on Slamiversary. I'm like, "No, he's not lying. Slamiversary was very good." But they just won't listen anymore. You know what I mean? They they went and watched Bound for Glory 2010 or whatever, and said no, this sucked. Or they went and chucked out, you know, an you know, the 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 Against All Odds, you know, whatever the hell show, and it, it it stunk. Like so, they've tried, but they've been burned. Like every casual fan's been burned at some point. Every hardcore fan's been burned. So like you, you really, yeah, it's 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 really strange because they are doing good work, but it's just it's not making any headway. And I I don't know. I don't know the answer.
1: It's it's yeah, and I and I guess the best way to, to kind of wrap up this introduction to the show and and get into our uh, our, our, our lead topic proper, which is going to be uh, New Japan King of Pro Wrestling, is uh, to, to to really hammer home the point I made earlier. Ring of Honor blew right past Impact during the life cycle of our show. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, it's it's uh, Ring of Honor was not drawing those kinds of crowds that you just mentioned for Impact in those days. And now they are, and they are surpassing that. And then you look at Ring of Honor, and they have uh, more stable ownership from a much bigger uh, and more powerful company. They have, uh, I would assume, although you'd have to add it all up, but I think it is safe to say they have more television viewers in between Nessin and all the Sinclair. Oh, God. Affiliates. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. When, when you
0: count up every little like syndicated – yeah, no, Absolutely
1: yeah I mean so they've got uh, far more television reach more television viewers more stable ownership larger more powerful uh media conglomerate that owns them um, uh, they're drawing a hell of a lot better uh, and 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 they're just they're they're in the mix more than saying, better
0: relationships based. they have way more relationships exactly. across the when world it
1: comes to new the new Japan relationship obviously which is which many would argue is 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 the primary reason that they have uh you know blown past and and taken that number two spot that you're talking about um you know so in every regard and and the odd thing is if you really stack up the rosters next to each other I might take the impact oh I would
0: oh no in a heartbeat I would take the impact roster I mean yeah there's some good there's some highs on the ring of honor roster we don't have to go through it again we do it almost every time we talk about ring of honor I mean you got 10 guys you know what I mean like 10 guys and and legit there's four or five of them that I enjoy and there's a lot of other guys that are just kind of space Guy, the Bound for Glory card. I mean, shit. There's there's twelve or thirteen people on there, and I like every single one of them. You know, other than yeah, other than maybe like a Santa callan like I said. But yeah, they're they're no. I would in a heartbeat take the Impact roster. If you made me say you're starting a wrestling company, here's the two rosters you can take. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm dumb for not taking the Bucks and and those guys. But shit, if I'm like I want something that's going to produce and 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 you know I'm going to enjoy watching, I'm going to take the Impact. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: that's what I mean. I mean from like a match quality oh, perspective yeah, 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 and yeah, all those course. sorts of things. I mean, you know, I'd be a horrible yeah,
0: business think, owner if I said, "Ah, give me some Brian Cage and Eddie Edwards." And yeah, no, I'm instead not doing that, instead,
1: of, but, instead of Cody in the like, no, <laughs> right, right. Bucks. But I think people understood that's what you meant. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone. Yeah, case, yeah. It,
0: I'm not you know, a moron. Yeah. Why well, am a moron? That's see, if you gave me the, the the pencil, that's what I would do. I'd be like, "Well, that's going to be a good show." And they're like, "Yeah, but no one's going to come." And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever. Who cares? It's not a good match. I don't give a shit." So.
1: But how about this? What if, you, what, if, what if you use Olympic style scoring and say, OK, well, we are we'll eliminate the top star uh, from each company and the worst wrestler from each company. Now what roster? OK, so now if you're eliminating the Bucks or the elite and you're eliminating Austin Aries and now it, it, you're easily taking the impact. Roster. Oh, yeah. No, no question. Because we, we've talked about this a million times. It's just the Ring of Honor roster right now is is dire. Especially if those guys, and we're going to talk a lot about this later, you know, really are serious about uh, walking and, and leaving Ring of Honor in New Japan. Ring of, you know, New Japan will be fine. And we'll get into that later. Uh, Ring of Honor, not so much. No, that'll they're be dead. a major, they're, 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 major problem.
0: That's maybe a little bit much, but I mean, they have, they've put, <laughs> for lack of a better term, all the eggs have been in one basket. And it's been in the elite basket for a while. If, if Cody and the Bucks, and I've said this for a long, long time, is if one day they just say, nah, we're done. No, we're gonna move on. They they have nothing. They have Jay Lethal, and I guess the Briscoes. You know what I
1: mean? Like they'll just be begging for New Japan to send talent.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean that. Yeah, that relationship. Yeah, or if they if I've always said if New Japan just one day said, ah, you know what? Nah, we're good. Yeah. We're gonna do our own thing. They're they're yeah. There's just nothing there to back them up. So yeah, Impact definitely in that sense feels more stable, but at the same time is obviously not any more stable than.
1: But... No, it, it just it, it just goes to show. I mean, even doing all the right things. It's going backwards, and that has to be distressing to the people running it and frustrating. And to me, it's just an indication that um, it, there may be nothing that can be done, short of you know striking a deal with a megastar, which is not realistically ever going to happen. Yeah, and uh,
0: yeah. All right. So How uh,
1: about that hypothetically, real quick? Let, just hypothetically, they signed John Cena. Do you think that makes a difference?
0: Um, I don't, you know, I, I really don't. I I think it maybe makes a subtle difference, but I think the problem is, as we said, that the brand is so toxic that if you said, Oh, John Cena signed with impact, people are just going to go, Oh God, impact. Oh God, John Cena. Like it's going to reflect poorly on John Cena. You know what I mean? Like less so of being positive to impact. I feel like it would reflect poorly on Cena and, and yeah, you'd maybe get some people that would come over, but I just don't know if it'd be sustainable on any level. That seems nuts to say. I just think it's such a toxic brand that I don't think that anybody would, would, would buy into it. You I think, really think that. I think you're going to get your your pops or whatever, and it's still going to do pretty well. I, I I would assume, but I don't know. I mean that. I just think it's very. It's a super toxic brand. The Impact TNA is just it. It the name makes people shiver. It's just I don't know. I, I yeah. You
1: think the Impact brand drags Cena down to their level more than Cena drags them up to his?
0: I would think so, but that seems kind of. T- I mean, he is a big time Hollywood star and all that sort of stuff. So I. Would, yeah. would we
1: okay? Let's just get real extreme here. Do we agree the rock could make a difference?
0: The rock could make a difference. Yes. Yes. So the rock says I'm an impact and you know, I'm, I own 25% of this and this is my baby now. And this thing rules. And oh yeah, no, the rock definitely and he, it and he's
1: on TV at least once a month.
0: Right. Cause he's going to get people that have nev- never watched wrestling before that only watched the rock or knew the rock from 1998 to say, Hey, this is my thing. No, the rock, I think unequivocally will, 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 would, would drive business there for sure. He's the
1: face of the company. He's on TV once a month and he wrestles three matches a year. Yeah, well, Cause he's he
0: legitimately like one of the biggest stars in the world. Like, John Cena is like right. making inroads in the movie industry and kind of popping things here and there. And people say, Oh, did you know John Cena was in this movie? Like that's kind of where he's at right now. The rock's like a fucking, like people that have never watched wrestling in the world, know who the fucking rock is. You know what I mean? People that have right. no idea that he ever wrestled are, are huge fans of the rock and go out of the way to see his movies. No, he is, he's a transcendent star. And, and do you and-
1: think he, I agree. You do you think he generates interest among wrestling fans. So, so we're starting with the biggest star in the world here. I, I think if he shows up on impact, A month from now, do you think it does, I don't know, do do you think they quadruple their viewership that week?
0: Uh, I would say. I'd say safely, yeah.
1: Okay. so people can find it on Pop
0: (laughs) or whatever they have, Pop, yeah.
1: So then we go down to Cena, who'd probably be the number two guy uh, in, in the extended wrestling universe right now. You don't think Cena makes any kind of... I don't.
0: I think he makes maybe a little bit of a difference, but I think long-term, it probably doesn't work out all that well. Like I don't think it's sustainable. I think people would maybe check it out once or twice, but I I don't know. Yeah, it's tough to say, because Cena is such a big deal. I think asking that question now is tough, because Cena seems so departed from the wrestling business that he doesn't seem like he'd move the needle that much, where maybe like three or four years ago, if you said that, I would say, oh, absolutely. But he just seems so disconnected right now. Maybe I'm not judging him properly. Yeah. I don't know like the answer. I, the I, I don't, I don't know. know. We'll talk about the hair in a bit, but oh geez, the hair. The hair would be he, really He looks like a Lego man. <laughs> really
1: bad. Um I, I look, yeah. I don't know the answer to my own question. I don't yeah. I, I would have to think about I, like I, I obviously I do think he would make some semblance of a difference, but like you're saying six weeks into it, is it still gonna be impact to a lot of people? And is it, it and is it's it just not gonna matter
0: you know what i mean right well they have no rope like the second they do something stupid people are gonna be like oh here we go classic impact and like they're gonna do every wrestling company does something stupid all the time Every every yeah. week, every month, someone does something stupid. There's there's no wrestling company that hasn't done something stupid for like a month, you know. And th- and that's what would happen is they would do something dumb and weird, and people go, "Oh, here we go, Classic Impact." And then eventually, it would just kind of siphon viewers off. And 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 yeah, I, I just I do think it's that toxic that I I don't even know. What, it, what
1: uh, about someone a little get. younger? Does Roman Reigns make a difference if he if he jumps to, to Impact?
0: Know, does Roman Reigns make a difference in WWE business? I guess it's.
1: Yeah, I I, 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 hear
0: you. I I don't know. I mean, no, I don't really think so. I think
1: I think he makes, you have to I think pull. He it. Makes, I think he makes absolutely no difference. Yeah, you got
0: to pull like dis disgruntled wrestling fan guy out of the out of the yeah. or like never watch wrestling person out of the woodwork to get them to really make a difference. I think, and that that I don't know if Roman Reigns does it. I don't know if John Cena does that either. You know, disgruntled wrestling guy. I don't think watches Impact because John Cena's on it. Yeah. I don't know. So don't it's know. an interesting question. It's an interesting hypothetical. I'm curious. What? Uh, let us know at Voices Wrestling on Twitter. Let us know um, what you think of that hypothetical because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. All right, you want to get into this King of Pro Wrestling New Japan? We got some uh, New Japan business. To talk about the good, the bad of <laughs> New Japan business here. Uh, let's start off first with this King of Pro Wrestling. Uh, I'm going to read some numbers for you, Joe. 2015 King of Wrestling, 8,302. That was main event by Okada and AJ Styles, a very, at the time, if you go back to listen to the show, a much maligned number, that 8302. I, must, I remember us talking about that a lot because the prior year uh, with AJ and, and, and Tanahashi, they did 9,100 in the very same arena for the very same event, King of Wrestling. Then we go to King of Wrestling 2016 again from Sumo Hall. 9671, that's Okada and Marifuji in the main event. Uh, King of Processing 2017, we get 9234, 9, 9234 for Okada versus Evil. And now 2018, we talked about this a, uh, a few weeks ago when we were doing our previews for this. Sumo Hall. Eventually, Kenny Omega, Kota Bushi, and Cody for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, our main event here. Nine thousand one hundred and fifty-two. Joe, what do you make of that uh, that number? Because the prior year, nine thousand two hundred thirty-four. This year, nine thousand one hundred and fifty-two. What do you what do you make of those numbers?
1: Well, clearly, New Japan is dying, and um, there is no recovery from from drawing <laughs> seventy less fans than than the year before. Um, I cannot. I, I shouldn't say I can't believe it because. I know the impetus and I know why it's happening, but I just shake my head and it, it, it's like, it, it's people so badly want Kenny Omega to be a failure and so badly want Kenny Omega to fail that they're making complete fools of themselves. Um, you know, a week out of the show, before they announced the main event, this show was in serious danger of being a major flop. We talked about it on this show. Uh, we basically bashed New Japan for two straight weeks on the show we we were not um, into the idea of a three-way we were not sure whether the match would draw the last you heard from us uh, you know it, it, it there were still plenty of floor seats uh, remaining and sumo seats remaining. it looked like it was possible that this show could do like 7,000 fans which would have been considered a major flop um but in the final run-up to the show the final, uh, a week run up to show after they announced the three way they sold all the fucking tickets um not only are people making fools of themselves claiming that uh this match uh did poor business for that that this match is running off the japanese fans that's what that's how people phrase it um you know kenny omega and the elite and, and these guys are running off the japanese fans uh with their st- well it's actually the complete opposite once the three way was announced, they sold all the fucking tickets and nearly sold out the building and did the same number as they did last year during the monster Okada run where he sold out every fucking show uh, for 18 months straight. So it's like, look, I get it. If you don't like Kenny Omega, I don't care. It, you know, it, but you got to be fair. This idea that Kenny Omega and New Japan are running off the Japanese fans. There is no evidence to support that whatsoever. Uh, Kenny Omega just drew over 12,000 fans in Budokan Hall for his singles match with Kota Ibushi. Over 12,000 fans filled the place, standing room only. Kenny Omega sold out his medium-sized building title defense against Tomohiro Ishii. And the three-way, which none of us were excited about, okay, none of us, not oh, we us hated either. We
0: hated it, we hated it. Uh,
1: the three-way, which, which seemingly no one was excited about, Sold to it, 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 it objectively sold tickets because they had like seven thousand or sixty five hundred or whatever it was tickets sold before they announced the match. So you can't tell me that that match ran off fans. You're objectively wrong. It's not even an opinion. It's a fact. The Japanese fans were not turned off by that match. They filled the building after the match was announced. Now. If you want to make the argument, because I'm seeing this now too, because people are trying so hard to discredit Kenny Omega. If you want to make the argument that the New Japan brand is drawing, maybe we could talk about that, but why wasn't it drawing before the match was announced? Why wasn't the building filled before they announced the three-way? And the argument has been that Kenny Omega and New Japan are driving away the Japanese fans. If that's the case, why did they all buy tickets in the final week? It's not driving anybody away. There's zero evidence of that. So, can we please stop with that nonsense? I mean, you don't have to like Kenny Omega. I understand why people don't like Kenny Omega. I don't always love Kenny Omega.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not loving this rain either. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this rain. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, you know, going right now. But I'm 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 pretty down on on a lot of the stuff that's been going on from but a creative is, standpoint and an enjoyment level. Sure. But yeah, it's not from business Where, level. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing.
1: Where is the evidence? The evidence actually runs complete opposite. From a business standpoint, in Japan, he's a strong champion. You're hearing that Kenny Omega is a weak champion. He's having a terrible run, and he's driving away fans. When the facts tell a complete opposite story, it's almost comical, which is why I'm – it's like I'm chuckling as I talk about this because where is the basis for this discussion coming from? and it's funny because the other big narrative is well they're catering too much to western fans they're catering too much to the american audience the japanese fans do not want this and they're going to burn the japanese fans and we even discussed this a little last week there's a danger in that they're going to they're going to run off all the japanese fans cuz they're when if you turn on your brain for a second and examine the facts and the data, you actually have a stronger argument that Kenny Omega is cooling off in America than you do that he's running off fans in Japan. Because I can point to the CEO show and I can point to the last Long Beach show as shows that did not do as well as expected. He has American shows that have underwhelmed. He doesn't have, his Japanese track record as champion is fucking flawless. And in fact, this King of Pro Wrestling number is a massive success. They announced the match, what, seven days before the show? And then sold like 2,000 more tickets to fill the building? Guys, this King of Pro Wrestling number is not a negative to Kenny Omega. It's a massive positive. A massive positive. They didn't have a month to build this match. They had a week. And in a week, everybody ran out and bought tickets. They didn't all stay home because they're running off the Japanese
0: fans, right? And one that one thing real quick is you can maybe make the argument, and and, and I have seen from th- this from some people as well is that oh well they were just waiting to see what the event was, but they were going to buy tickets anyway. They were waiting to see what the main event is anyway. But again, like you're just may- basically making like different layers of well. Uh, you know, this is why, you know what I mean? Like at, at one point, like you just have to eventually just give, whether it was that or not, like you just eventually have to give somebody credit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't just continue uh, to come up with this like different ideas and concepts of, well, they were going to buy anyway, but then when, uh, well, Rich, you know, they were waiting the th- the, for th- the announcement and then when the announcement came, they, they, and then, they just, then they decided to buy tickets or whatever, but that, that's still a credit. Like they didn't not buy tickets. So that's still count. Let's but. say that's true. Let's for the sake of argument,
1: let's say that's true.
0: Right, I am I, going to buy a ticket to this anyway, but let me just make sure to see well, what they me, book, yeah.
1: It still doesn't support the argument that Kenny Omega and the current New Japan booking is running off Japanese fans because they wouldn't have bought the tickets. People who are being run off don't spend money. I mean, it, it doesn't, the, the, the there's no basis for this theory. There's no evidence or facts. And Rich, what did we talk about all last week? If people didn't listen last week, go run the tape. We were very iffy on whether this would draw. So this isn't us doing, you don't hear us saying we're doing a victory lap. I didn't predict this. Rich, did uh, we no. predict no, this? No, no. We
0: thought it was going to be a disaster. We we're ready to come out of the well, show. Well, we were very much
1: up it. in the air on it. Yeah. yeah. We, we were, and, 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 and I had no idea how it was going to play out, but here's how it did play out. The match ended up drawing. The show ended up drawing. I have to come out here this week and tell you the facts. Okay. I, I can't come out here and tell you just because I didn't care for the three way. I'm not going to come out here, uh, you know, uh, with some emotion-based nonsense and try to spin it to where it was a failure because it wasn't. It's a massive success for Kenny Omega and, and 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 like we said last week, there's no question Kenny Omega is showing some diva tendencies as champion. This guy has Shawn Michaels written all over him. Um, you know he he's he's got you know he's got his nose in the booking. He wants all kinds of creative control. He's very protective of the Kota Ibushi storyline. All of those sorts of things. But it's like we said last week: if the match ultimately drew money, you gotta lay off of them for now. And the match drew. The match filled the building. So you gotta lay off of them. Okay. And now if this Kenny Omega Kota Ibushi hypothetical match that they're holding off fills another building at some point in time. Kenny was right. I, you know, there's there's no other, you cannot spin this. And as I said, if you want to pick on Kenny Omega, you're looking in the wrong place. And as some of our listeners may have seen, I got into this with Kenny Omega very publicly, you know, as of this recording about 12, 13 hours ago. Uh, because, you know, he saw my comments that if you want to get on Omega, it, you know, it, it's America where he might be losing some steam, you know, based on the CEO show and the Long Beach show. Uh, and Dave Meltzer was involved in the conversation, too. And, and you know, Dave defended the Long Beach show because, you know, that main event wasn't announced until a week out. And, Rich, we already dissected that. Uh, it was too late for people to travel to that show.
0: Yeah, I no, think. it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that show was was a disaster for many levels. We t- Again, last week we, we dug into why. I don't think I don't think many things could have gotten that show to be successful. In so all if things, you want but, to let Kenny, it's, it's not a credit to him either, though. It wasn't exactly successful because of him, but it was. not Yeah, it, it It works both ways for sure. It, it, it He didn't help it if that if, you know, in the, in the easiest way to say it.
1: And that's my point. At least there's an argument with the American shows. We could have a healthy debate about that. One side can say, all right, well, they didn't announce the main event until the week out. Nobody had time to travel to it and this and that. And, you know, it's like that that that, that's valid on on one hand. And on the other hand, you could just say, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's you know, maybe people aren't jazzed up about Omega, as you think, because look at the CEO show uh, that had a, a bunch of empty seats. And, you know, I think what annoyed Omega and it was a it was a and believe me, it was a polite exchange. I mean, he didn't come at us in an aggressive manner.
0: He ended up by saying, thank you for your feedback. So, you know, it wasn't like, uh, yeah. And and here's what was
1: interesting about it, though. He asked me why. I called the CEO show a complete flop. That was my verbiage. Um, Dave Meltzer and Kenny Omega took exception to calling it a complete flop. Uh, Kenny Omega's defense was other promotions draw between 50 and 200 fans in the same area. You know what? That's that's a lump of shit. I don't give a shit. Who <laughs> cares? Here's the thing, I don't care what FIP draws in Ebor City, and I don't care what uh, you know Dory Funk's shows draw in Oscala, Florida, or any other, or what I believe in wrestling draws in fucking Podunk, Florida. This had New Japan Pro Wrestling on the marquee and had Kenny Omega and Tetsuya Naito on the card. Right. If okay. I if I
0: could go tomorrow and, and 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 arrange for some ungodly deal to bring Hiroshi Tanahashi to Chicago for my little produce show, and it draws. Six hundred people. I can't say, well, shit. You know, Zello Pro only draws a hundred, so it's a success. Like that's essentially what he's doing. Is you know, no, no, yeah, I have not- and like my budget is gigantic, and you know, it's New Japan presents you know Rich's Produce Show in his backyard or whatever, and yeah, I get you know six hundred people to come, but that's not a success because I lost my ass on it, and it wasn't. You know, it should have done way better than that. So yeah, no. no, now, it, it, now
1: and that's the thing. I, Kenny Omega comparing himself to the local indies is a nonsensical
0: <laughs> retort. right. Yeah, don't do that.
1: And, and I, I don't accept that, but. <laughs> Now, to be fair to the other side, I have no idea whether that show lost money or not. I have no clue. If 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 that show made money, okay, then calling it a complete flop is is too strong a verbiage. But but the show certainly wasn't a success. And here's what's interesting Kenny Omega did not attempt to defend the Long Beach show. Did you notice that? No, he didn't. He did not attempt to defend the Long Beach show. Um Dave Meltzer did. Dave Meltzer defended it on the basis of the main event wasn't announced until the week out. We've already discussed that and dissected it. I have my own feelings on that. And, you know, that may or may not be valid. But here's my point. My point is based on those two shows, no matter where you stand, on whether they're flops, complete flops, whether my verbiage was too strong, whether the Dave Meltzer or Kenny Omega counterpoints hold up. And oddly, and bizarrely, this was a Twitter conversation that was actually just a legitimate debate that was pleasant, where no one got mad at each other, which is so rare. Um, even the people who were jumping in,
0: yeah, was I was because when I woke up and I saw that like oh god I saw the first thing that I saw was Kenny Omega replied to us and I went ah shit so he, like I got my cup of coffee and I was like here we go this will be fun but it was actually pleasant like there was people that were disagreeing but it was you guys are sides. fucking idiots yeah you guys are fucking idiots and I hate you and go to hell and all. Oh, imagine thinking you guys are good or all oh, voices of wrestling were like voices of idiot you know like the same bullshit like Bad take Jake would would drop that stuff on us but you know what I mean like right this this was like people actually giving points about it or how how do you know or ask. Asking questions to us. So yeah, it was it was actually shockingly pleasant for, for a lot of people that I didn't think were gonna be that way. So that's good. Right. So good on them. But,
1: but so. my over my overriding point here is if you want to go after Omega, you at least have targets with what's going on in America. You have things that you can zero in on and potentially attack. You don't in Japan. <laughs> they're they're objectively not running off Japanese fans. There's nothing that suggests that that is occurring. So, it, you know, to me, that's absolute and utter nonsense. Um, and, 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 you know, you mentioned and, and you know, the the numbers, you went back to 2015 with the 8302. Now, you have to remember the three years prior to that where they claimed, you know, 12, 13, and 14, the other three, quote-unquote, Okada-era king of pro Wrestlings, they drew 9,000, 9,000, and 9,100. But those numbers are highly skeptical because that was when they were reporting perfectly round numbers and, you know, there is, we don't know for sure, but we think that those may be slightly inflated numbers. So the 8302 that Okada and AJ Styles drew, because remember, Rich, they never claimed sellouts with those 9,000 numbers prior to 2015. Because if you remember, one of the major talking points was when is New Japan going to sell out Sumo Hall for a non G1 show? Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, never claimed, they never claimed sellouts for those 9,000s in 12, 13, and 14. They were still, you know, building the company and coming up, and the Tanahashi era getting them out of the black hole, and um, you know that 8302 number that Okada and Stock drew some scorn was probably a little unfair because the three years prior it probably did around the same, if not a little less, but they, you know, they inflated it a little bit. And you could, you know, and, and, and the past few years, I mean, obviously the Okada Marafuji match was a huge match. If you remember at the time, coming off the Marafuji victory in the G1, and that was a huge match. And we talked about it at the time Marafuji is a better draw than people will ever give him credit for. And uh, especially when he goes to other places. And, and the last two years drew the same number. These were virtual sellouts. So, um, you know, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, I don't want to beat it to death, but uh, uh, anyone spinning this as anything less than a positive for Kenny Omega's title run um, is just objectively wrong in this case. This isn't even a a thing where, uh, you know, typical Joe Lanza pushing it. No, it it just isn't even an opinion. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just just objective fact.
0: All right. So let's get to uh, the actual uh, happenings of the show. I think, uh, there was a lot <laughs> this is say. This is a show to unpack. There was a, uh, after, you know, the, the, a few shows that felt like they were, I don't know, the destruction shows, I enjoyed them for the most part. There was two that, that you know, obviously the, the the final one was the best of the of the three. And, but all in all, like if you combine them, you know, some stuff happened. There were some okay matches here and there. King of Wrestling, man, was just, exa- you need a cigarette after that show. There was so much that happened, so much to unpack, so many different things to touch on. I think it's it's weird. I don't even know if, like, going match by match is the right way. I don't know what the exact right way to do it. Maybe let's do that. Let's go. Uh, we'll, we'll go by the main event and, and, and kind of work our way back down that way, even though you probably could jump around actually, if you I want. Think,
1: you know what? Honest, honestly, Rich, I think this show actually it works better if we start from the bottom because of okay. all the angles. That's true. They this do kind of build, build on
0: each ang- other. They do build, build, build. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. Well, I was wondering, just like, talk about Jay White, talk about Chris Jericho, and then talk about the matches after. I don't know how to cover this show, because it was so, there was just a, I said, you needed a cigarette after. You were just like, holy shit, what the hell is going on?
1: The thing about King of Pro Wrestling is, it's funny. Like, the Long Beach show blew it away, in terms of wrestling, and action, and those sorts of things. And we all thought there was going to be a ton of angles in Long Beach. They did all the angles on King of Pro Wrestling. This was, a to me, a home run show, in terms of angles. I liked all of the angles, and I thought they were all effective, and I thought that uh, there was a lot of newsworthy angles on the show from that perspective. If you like shit happening on your pro wrestling shows outside of just the matches, this was the show for you. Bell to bell, I don't think it was as strong as Long Beach, but I did think that there were two or three matches that that were what I would call very good matches. There was nothing here that I'd call an excellent match but there were two or three uh, very good matches.
0: Okay, so we'll do that. We'll start at the beginning and we'll kind of work our way up. Uh, we'll start with the uh, the opener. was the uh, Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match. Uh, Suzuki gun uh, Desperado, and Kanamoro defeating Justin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask here. Joe, I was really pumped because we had that uh, what was it? Uh, w- what show did they have their prior one? I'm, I'm blanking on the three now. Hiroshima? It was on
1: one of the, uh, it was on during the destruction tour. Yeah, I think it was where... Hiroshima. I
0: don't think it was Bipu. I think it was Hiroshima, but I, I might be wrong. One of the destruction matches. Who cares? Yeah. One, of the, one of the nights of destruction. It rocked. It was awesome. It was sweet. It was like, fuck yeah, here we go ah this match not so much i didn't like this one much at all
1: i'm with you this didn't work for me there was way too much suzuki gun shenanigans why? in this one.
0: Hey, oh what's uh, good about the first one is there was no shenanigans there was nothing it was just, yeah and i mean i guess the, I,
1: and i guess the story is you know suzuki gun can't beat these guys fair and square but my problem with that is why not you know it's jushin thunder liger and tiger mask i mean right. there are a a a you know, bottom level junior tag team, which occasionally, once per year, will rise up to like a a middle junior tag team when they want to do a little thing like this with them and give them a title shot or putting them in something important. Um, I don't see why Suzuki-gun had to uh, go to these extremes to beat a team
0: like yeah, this. it's stupid. Despoto's twenty years younger than Judson Thunderlager. You know what I mean? Like he could just beat yeah. him. It's just he's a better younger wrestler he could just beat him yeah i i hated that just and this one like hurt me more because i knew that they were capable of so much more and i knew they were capable of it but yeah they were just trying to kind of play up the story of suzuki gun but too much bullshit too much interference too many whiskey bottles too much spitting ref bombs i just yeah this one stunk unfortunately yeah
1: Yeah. i i didn't know yeah the destruction match was much better suzuki gun i think we mentioned
0: kobe because i think i did the review for that i think it was destruction kobe now that i mentioned it but there you go
1: so, uh, so Suzuki gun, this guarantees that they enter the super junior tag league, which we'll talk about a little bit as we move it along as champions. And we'll see, uh, we'll see these teams. They'll, they'll have a third match within a month. So, yeah,
0: and it puts, uh, it puts, uh, the Suzuki gun team in, in rare air too. I mean, they're going to be start passing like a lot of like all time long, you know, junior heavyweight reigns just by virtue of not defending them. And, 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 you know, between the tournament and all that sort of stuff. And hell, if they go to Wrestle kingdom, it's going to be a long, it's going to be like one of the longest reigns ever. It might In actually be. Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be actually the longest reign ever if, if they go to Marshall Kingdom. I forgot exactly the numbers on that, but
1: even the defenses are just adding up by the yeah. standards of this title. Is this yeah, I mean, this title
0: there's... is getting one defense at most for almost every team. Sometimes
1: like, zero. Yeah. For like
0: five three. years. Yeah. So it's like a, a remarkable thing. We talked about it last week. We did the comps last week. Uh, moving on here. We yeah, have great shield with Sogi Makabe and Hanma, of course, uh, defeating the team with Juice Robinson and Toa Hanare. Not a whole lot that I loved about this match. The one thing I did notice, Toginari did the uh, spear on Togi Makabe, which I think was the biggest bump I've seen Togi Makabe take in maybe seven years, you know, six or seven years. I was stunned when Tohenari just fucking speared the hell out of this guy. I was like, man, you don't see Togi take those bumps very often, but not, uh, not
1: in matches like this. No, I
0: mean, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe he'll do it. He'll bust like it out once in a while for a G one when he was in it, but then they took him out of the G one because he was so like not mobile and 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 available to do stuff. So uh, yeah, I mean, this was yeah, remarkable. If he's in a
1: title match. Or- this, yeah, he never, he usually does nothing.
0: Yeah, this is the second match uh, from the top, but he took like a huge bump from Honore. So uh, good on Toge Makabe. We well, we laugh about Togi Makabe too. I mean, that if that man's in a six man, that guy is getting paid the same amount as everybody else, but he ain't doing shit. He is sitting out there. He'll tag in. He'll hit you with a, a knee drop. He'll punch you in the head. He'll lift his fingers up and then he'll tag out, and then you won't even know he's there. <laughs> like he just disappears. So yeah, I was surprised by his effort there, but uh, otherwise, not a whole lot that stood out for me in this match
1: the one thing that I noticed in this match was I'm seeing what others are talking about with Hanma. He looked like shit. And maybe because this was a straight tag match and maybe because I was expecting more and maybe because whenever they have a straight tag match with established teams, because they don't do it very often, you almost expect there's something to come off of it. So I pay more attention. And uh, maybe in the six mans and eight mans, I didn't really notice, but Hanma really looked bad in this match. To the point where I don't think they can put him in a match that matters right now. So I remember the last time we talked about this, we kind of undersold that, remember? Um, but this time around, I, I did notice that Hanma really—he he looked like a guy, you know, 15 years older than he is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked slow here. And and I don't I, I you're right. I, I don't know if I didn't re- notice it before or maybe he felt particularly slow here, but I noticed it here for for whatever reason. Whether it be like you said, he wasn't covered up by being in a six man or maybe I was paying more attention to it or so. I he looked slow. They looked slow. I mean, he looked as slow as Togi Makabe, which is, you know what I mean, you don't want to do that if you're talking Tom- to You should well, be I right mean, there, so. I
1: to- mean, Togi Makabe. I mean, he looked like a fucking he looked like LeBron James compared to. Yeah, I don't know LeBron.
0: what the hell Togi Makabe got into. Like yeah. th- this th- th-
1: I have seen this tag team in a title match whatsoever, and coming here or something, and seeing Tomoki Akihama in anything uh, other than a prelim match until you know the neck injury, and then just years of you know death matches and all these other you know crazy bumps that he's taken. Maybe it's finally just the end of the road for him, which mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I was hoping for maybe one more G one run where you know he loses every match and and with the hot crowds and everything. But the way he looks, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't think it's advisable to put him in. All right,
0: we'll move on now. The Bullet Club OGs, who would uh, play quite a role later in the show, they uh, won their eight man tag match. It was uh, Bad Luck Folly, Tomatonga, Tonga, Tonga Loa, and Taiji Ishimori coming back, Uh defeating another Bullet Club team, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Chase Owens. What do you think of OG versus Bullet Club Elite?
1: pretty much what I thought it was going to be a with Chase Owens taking the pin and Chase Owens. I mean, in that final, you know, uh, during the closing stretch there, I mean, you know, he looked great and he always does, but, um, look, I'm not, not as down on this feud. I, you know, it, I wait with bated breath for the next step in the bullet club, OG bullet club, elite feud, but I'm not put off by it. And it's it's interesting enough for when I'm watching the shows, even if I don't think about it ever when I'm not watching the shows. So, you know, it was fine.
0: Yeah, I thought it was okay. I just, I'm not all that into the story all that much. I thought it was going to be a little bit more interesting than it was, but there was some stuff that stood out to me. I think, like you said, Chase Owens and his little run at the end of the match was fun. Uh, Taji Shimori did some fun stuff throughout it as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, all in all, like it wasn't something that, like, oh my God, you got to go watch this. No, no. like, yeah, it was, it was fine. There was some good stuff there. I like, of course, the, the selling of, um, uh, Matt's doing the back selling, correct? Right? I, I don't. Just, yeah, Matt. Yeah, it's Matt. I feel so bad. I'm mixing them up. Or <laughs> I just didn't want to get the wrong one. So Matt's doing the back selling, and that was awesome too. Like seeing them, like you know, Bad Luck folly stepping on and all this other sort of stuff. I mean, the, the entire match was sort of centered around that, which I thought was pretty good. And and Owens little thing was fun too. But yeah, it's not a match that you need to really go out of your way to check out. But you you'll, you'll never forget. Again, I'm going to give you how
1: I remember which is which. Okay. Okay. You'll. This will fix this problem for you forever. Matt and Nick Jackson. Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Matt's have the dark hair.
0: Okay. I think you told me that before, but that works. Okay.
1: You're sorted out. That's Yeah.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. That's, that's easy. That helps. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> I will forget again. I do have some issues. though. I always have a, a trouble with that. I, uh, I have a Chris issue too. We'll talk about, even though they look differently, I'm just always worried. I'm going to say the wrong ones. So, um, that's do always- you
1: remember when the Usos were
0: wearing face paint? And oh, people were like, oh, one of them has it on the left, and one of them has the right." Fuck off! I never noticed that. I was never that enough. was the
1: least helpful advice <laughs> of all time because
0: I didn't remember which one was on the left. Like, well, Jay is on the left. I'm like, well, I, but I'm gonna forget that Jay is on the left in ten seconds of seeing it. So I don't care that Jay has it on the left. It doesn't help me. I need a new. I need some sort of mnemonic to help me with that. This Matt Matt thing I will know. help. Right, Jay is on the I, left. Like said, doesn't help at all. Like that doesn't do anything for me.
1: I don't remember who had the
0: left because I was like, all right, I'll try that. But they're like, well,
1: who had the left face pain? I don't remember.
0: <laughs> right, you know, I remember so. that they had face pain on different sides. But <laughs> Jimmy or Jay, I didn't know who had the left. There was nothing to make me remember that one of them had the left or not. So yeah, that was... and I
1: could never keep the Briscoe straight until <laughs> they both, until they both had individual until uh, like uh, until Mark Briscoe became like uh, you know the toothless Kung Fu guy and Jay became the main eventer. Until that happened, I couldn't tell them apart.
0: Oh, yeah. There, there was seven years where people would lie. I mean, people are lying if they could tell. The, the, the Like, the 2004 to 2007 Briscoes. Oh, shit. You can even go longer than that. Probably the 2010 Briscoes. There's no way. You're lying if you think you could they tell them apart. They
1: both had shaved heads. Right. They both wore the same gear. At one They're point, Mark
0: lost guy. more teeth, and that was the only way to tell. Like by like by yeah. Maybe maybe it was like 2009 where Mark like lost a bunch of his teeth, and that was the only way to tell. But if they weren't smiling, you had no fucking clue.
1: No, and, and it's like eventually now it's easy, of course. It's been easy oh, yeah, for yeah, like yeah, the last yeah. three or four or five years, whatever it is, ever since. But but prior to that, I mean, I had no fucking clue. I mean, it was total just guesswork. I'd write reviews and just fucking guess. I, because, you know, especially with the fast action, how do I know which one just did that springboard move when I, I didn't even see their face? I had no chance. You know what I mean? It's like, and then back then, like a grainy fucking non HD. Oh, forget it. Yeah.
0: Forget uh, it. Yeah, for, yeah, And Nobody would know either. He said, I ah, Mark did a springboard dropkick. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> like, you know, okay. yep. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Uh, that's fine. Uh, move on here. Chaos team of uh, Tomoro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Will Ospreay defeating the Suzuki on team of Minoru Suzuki, Taiichi, and Azuka. And to the surprise of uh, some, but not uh, careful listeners to the voice wrestling podcast, Will Ospreay, he's going for that never title, baby.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing not to be excited about about that, unless you think that Taiichi is so limited that he might pull off the rare feat of having a not a great match with Will
0: Osprey. <laughs> it's is, possible. Which is I, possible. I I would uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm pretty down on Taichi, so I I think it's possible, but it'll be a hell of a challenge. We'll see.
1: It's uh yeah, so this, you know, and of course the other setup here was Suzuki and Ishii are battling over that Rev Pro title. So they're gonna they're gonna have a match. Um, you know, that's all the same extended universe, I guess. So um, you know, that 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 was also in play here. And um, you know, maybe Hiroki Goto will have a hot singles match with Takashi Azuka. Who knows rich?
0: <laughs> Goto. Uh, what a loser.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so as we thought, it'll be Osprey Taichi, that's official. We'll we'll run down the power struggle card in a minute.
0: And, uh, I, would, I would, you know, I would love if Goto just said like, you know what I mean? It's like fuck off, you know, because I, I think Goto. I mean, I, I, I'm not telling him to go, you know, tell New Japan to fuck off, but like, I how cool it would be to just see Goto mix because he would be so much better in any other company. <laughs> it's just like it's just not going to work. Let me ask he's you. He's getting passed up on a daily basis. I get why he stays. It's stable. It's nice, but man, I'd like to see him do some other stuff.
1: So allegedly, he's independently wealthy, right? That's the yes. story. Yeah, right, right. That allegedly, like I don't know that you don't know that, but the story is allegedly. He, he's independently wealthy, whether it's his family or he's good investments. I don't know the backstory. Allegedly, he's independently wealthy. If he left New Japan and was in the Champion Carnival next year. Wouldn't you be fired up for that? Oh, like, of
0: course. Yeah, are you kidding?
1: Jesus. Mixing it up with, like, you know, Suji Ishikawa and, and Junakiyama and, uh, you know, Kento Miyahara, and you go right down the line. I mean, so, anywhere.
0: So, throw him to Noah, throw him to Big Japan. Like, I'm pumped. Put him in Wrestle 1. I mean, anywhere. But he, it's just like he just gets passed up and passed up and passed up, and it's just like, it's just, it's not going to happen anymore. It's just, it's... No, nah, it kind well, well, yeah.
1: Listen. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. I'm well past the point of expecting or even wanting him necessarily to get a big push. You know how I am. I'm weird about that. I think that like sometimes guys just aren't cut out for big pushes. Not sure. it oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I don't know where I stand with him. Like, would, would, it, would I be bothered if he eventually got his IWGP title? No, no. I, as a fan, I would love that. I'd probably pop through the roof, but it's not going to bother me if he doesn't. But, you know, if he just said, fuck it, you know, I have money. Um, you know, I want to try something new. I, I, I'm with you. I'd be excited about him in, in virtually any other place. God, but, all Japan uh, would be
0: great. Oh my god, <laughs> Is this, that's his where offense. His style
1: would work yeah, out. The best. like the
0: innovative offense and stuff like that. Like a, a yeah. Oh god, I'm salivating at a at a Godo Miyahara or a Godo Suji Shikawa match. Jesus Christ. I'm yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez, ah, I've now booked that. I'm I'm gonna go. Play fire Pro and <laughs> make that happen after the show, so um, so yeah, young will getting his uh, his, his uh, never openly shot against Saichi. Uh, move on here, eight man tag. Uh, very interesting, eight man tag. Here we got Naito, Sonata, Bushi, and X. It's Lij. Uh, they defeat Okada, Toriano, Yo, and Show. Uh, we'll talk about the match here in a bit, but I think the big story was X being revealed as Shingo Takagi, who I thought most of us probably considered the favorite, but we still kind of tried to get other examples out of there, more people that we thought it could have been. But you you kind of we, – we had a long conversation about it last week, and then you ended the conversation being like, yeah, but it's Shingo, right? And we kind of agreed that, yeah, it probably is Shingo. We have we, you know, what what if it's Kawata or whatever? Like, we wanted to at least have the idea that it may be somebody else. But the the real smart answer, the smart money was Shingo all along, right?
1: Ah, yeah. I mean, but look, it's wrestling, and it's fun, Stuff like that's fun to talk about. All these other various possibilities. So I get it. And yeah, no, we wanted like,
0: to, but yeah, at the end of the yeah. day, it's just kind of like, ah, it's Shingo, right? Like that's how we ended the conversation. Yeah,
1: always who you think it's going to be. You know what I mean? It's always the favorite. I mean, we talked about that, but you know, so it turned out to be Shingo, and um, you know, I don't think anyone really cares about the match necessarily because it wasn't, it wasn't much. Good, of a to be match. honest, that yeah, wasn't much
0: of a match at all. Shingo didn't do much. Very in much in average.
1: Time. Yeah, you know, he did almost nothing. And you know, that that's a good point. Like. This match was like a vacation for him because if you put him on a similarly slotted Dragon Gate 8 man, he would have worked twice as hard on a Dragon Gate major show on a match fairly up on the card like this. I mean, I, he might've taken two bumps this whole match. You know, this is like vacation time for him. Yeah, I was thinking while uh, the match was going know,
0: on, sorry not to interrupt, but I was thinking this match was going on. We, like, we didn't even see him like, you know, bounce off the ropes and hit a huge lariat and do this shit. He was just kind of like, came in to the last went. Balcony, did like one little lariat and pinned him and was like, all right, cool. <laughs> like done and done. See ya.
1: <laughs> yeah, he did one pumping bomber because it was real cool hearing the New Japan now go pumping bomber! And I was like, yeah. yeah fucking cool and then yeah he hit the last valkyrie and that was it it's like he, he had his closing stretch and he had his moment early in the match where it was like the introductory moment where he was tagged in initially and then he just fucking disappeared and you could do that in new japan you know we just talked about makabe and it's like this this was like vacation time for him but he turned out to be the guy um i'm excited about all the look i could have gone either way on it would it have been fun to see Shingo travel the world and wrestle in a bunch of different places and wrestle new opponents, of course. Is this okay too? Of course. I mean, you know, he joins this loaded junior division where, he, you know, he's got fresh matches with everybody, um, you know, whether as a junior or a heavyweight, but obviously he's been slotted as a junior at least to start with. And, uh, you know, this, this, yeah, you know, it, it's just. This other thing, too, where it's like, oh, well, you know, why would he go there? Where He's going to get lost in the shuffle. Boom. His very first tour, is working two main events in Cork and Hall. So, again, just old narratives, people repeating bullshit that has no basis in reality or fact. You know, the guy jumps. He, he, there's a lot of turmoil in Dragon Gate. He jumps to uh, the, the bigger company where he'll presumably be making more money. And right off the bat, he gets a big introduction as a mystery opponent. And he's working two main events in Cork and Hall on the very next tour. So you know, good for him if that's what he, you know, I I think he could have milked it a little longer as a freelancer, uh, and and got big paydays all over the world. But here's the thing, Rich, and we talked about a little bit last week. I really believe this move has been in the card for many months because the timing of it is just way too suspicious. With. His finishing up on the second against BB Hulk or whatever the date was, and then starting up here a couple of days later. And of course, you have to say you're going freelance because your new employer is advertising you as a surprise. So you know it's not like he, uh, you know, decided to jump to New Japan within those four days. I think this was probably in the cards for months. You know, and 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 this might be wacky and a little bit out there, but my other theory is I don't think he's long for Lij. I think that this deal may have been cut. He may have given notice to Dragon Gate so long ago that it was before Hiromu's injury. And if Hiromu's healthy, where does Shingo fit in with this group? And I think that maybe they knew he was coming in and Hiromu got hurt and they figured, well, this is a good stopgap. We need another junior in this group anyway. And uh, we can bring in Shingo. We could introduce him as part of L.I.J. And then when Hiromu comes back, we can do some sort of split or boot somebody out. And really, you know, if out of those three juniors, Hiromu's not leaving L.I.J. And it wouldn't make sense to boot Bushi because then who's your pin eater? You need a pin eater, and that's Bushi. Every one of these units needs a pin eater. Shingo's not a pin eater. Uh Hiromu is not a pin eater. And none of the heavyweights are gonna be pin eaters and multi-man tags. You gotta think about things like that. You know, when these guys go out on tour and they're six, eight, and ten man tags, you need Bushi there to eat the pins. So I, I don't know. I you know, I I, I kind of think I'm a little suspicious of this alignment. Um you know, aesthetically, he looked a little weird <laughs> just wearing long pants.
0: Yeah, no, um, he yeah, had the long pants was nuts. And and like you said, too, like just fitting in with LIJ is kind of tricky, too, because like and you always use the high school analogy with Shingo, which I love. But like in that analogy, you know, Shingo's the guy who or, or I'll start out with. The, the rest of the LIJ guys are like the guys that sneak out of the side door to go smoke instead of go to class. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're out there doing whatever. You're like not really quite sure how they ever like pass classes or whatnot. Shingo goes to class only because he wants to push nerds into lockers on his way to class. Like, yes. he goes, he fucks around while he's there, he hits on girls, he's, he's a total asshole when he's in the class, and you kind of wish he would just ditch and not come, but he still comes, because he's an asshole, and he wants to, on his way there, shove people in there and have everybody look and talk about him or whatever. Well, LIJ doesn't want it, they don't want you to see, like, they're, they're, you're not, they never come to class, they're always smoking. They're always in bathrooms, you know, they're always just like hanging around the hallways like that's those guys and she goes not them and and it would kind of suck if Shingo became that like, you know, I don't want Shingo to be that. I think Shingo is great as you said as the high school bully throwing nerds into lockers or whatever, you know, dunking people in the toilets or whatnot. That's what he does best so him becoming a brooding quiet guy is not quite the right way. I don't know if he's going to be his same, you know, Shingo in LIJ and then LIJ just kind of works around him and he's kind of the loudmouth of the group. Like I sort of maybe said that would happen last week or whatever. I don't know. Maybe there is always that tension there where he's very loud and boisterous and they're not. And that causes some tension. I don't know. We have no idea how it's going to be. All we saw him do is come into a match, tag in and do, you know, hit a few moves. We have no idea what the next level is going to be with him, but I don't know. It, it, it aesthetically. It, it is a little tricky right now.
1: He's a shit talker and they're uh, decidedly not shit talkers. He is not Tranquil at all. Now, You know, the other thing, you know, maybe he is, maybe he will stick with the group. But here's the thing maybe he's a junior by default right now because Hiromu's not there. And then maybe when Hiromu does return, he goes heavyweight. And maybe the plan all along was to bring him in as a heavyweight, but it's convenient to use him as a junior for now, especially to get him over because they're going to do very well in this tournament. They'll probably win it. Or at least go to the final. I mean, they're main eventing the opening night of the tour against Roppongi 3K. I mean, you know, so they see these that team and they see Shingo as a you know a a, you know a big deal moving forward. So I just don't think he's long for this particular role. He's either going heavyweight when Hiromu comes back, or he's gonna be out of the group. That's just the way I see it
0: and i don't want to get into a long rant with this but like the the conversation the hand-wringing around like juniors and weights and all this sort of just stop yeah, it's, utter, just, it's, ooh, utter it's wrestling it's pro fucking wrestling they're promoting wrestling just chill out they it's, can tell you anything it's whatever who fucking
1: cares it's whatever the booker feels like it's whatever's right whatever's convenient i mean t- we talked about taguchi's bigger than all these guys Uh yeah, I
0: mean, jesus
1: it Christ. just it doesn't matter i mean it's just god i mean shingo the thing about shingo is he small enough to work, junior. He was the same size as show and Yo, he was Is the same that, general. God size damn it. As I, I
0: was just about to say, he, other than like a little bit of girth, he was exactly the same as show, he was the same yeah. height as show. And show was a little bit more cut. She has a little bit more girth, but I would not be surprised if weight-wise they're about the same. It's like, you know, I saw him stand <laughs> up there. I was like, there you go. He's the same fucking size as show. Can we and stop? And Yano
1: is twice the size of the man. <laughs> Yano <was> a
0: monster. <laughs>
1: Yano was twice his size, and Okada looked like he was a foot taller. I mean, it was you know, but here's the thing. So size-wise, he can easily be a junior, but credibility-wise, he works like a heavyweight. Anyone who watched the All Japan Carnival, he can credibly work as a heavyweight, or he has the visual aspect where he can work as a junior, so you can do whatever you want with Shingo. You know what I mean? Now, look, there's some juniors who you know you'd have trouble passing them off as heavyweights. He is not one of them. He could do either. He's a swingman. Right. You yeah, go either fun. way with him. It's also they had Chase Owens. And Chase Owens working as a junior for his yeah. first uh, year and a half.
0: And no I know mean, offense, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know,
1: there's a- yeah, I mean, he's a pudgy guy. I mean, yeah, you know, okay. I'll tell you.
0: That. All right, you said it. So there you go. That was Joe Lanza that called you fudgy there chase but uh yeah but yeah. i mean
1: come on it's like rich yeah. says it's whatever the book or why people okay.
0: god just, it's, it's uh, 2018 like it dope. doesn't matter anymore people are like ah well uh it's, yeah they, they used to be a little bit more hyper intensive about it but you know not really <laughs> you as know? long as
1: it's not crazy you know as long as it's not crazy like you know you know what i mean like like i said you can't take i can't really think of it like, like you can't bougie. put you can't make
0: Bushi, Bushi can't go yes, from, like or, the yeah <laughs> the intercontinental title, like that. He would not
1: be lucky. a credible heavyweight. Dragon Kid is not going to come to New Japan to be a heavyweight, but Shingo could easily work heavyweight or junior. It's not a big deal, guys. It's it's really not a big deal. Right. Oh god.
0: Um, all right, So now we have uh, another eventful match. This was the beginning of the, oh, my God, tons of shit is happening uh, angle parts of the show. Uh, Evil versus Xavier Jr. ended in no contest because Evil never fully got in the ring because he was attacked by the returning Chris Jericho. Uh, Joe, what were your re- uh, reactions and thoughts for Chris Jericho returning? And we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, getting this match a power struggle uh, against Evil for the Intercontinental Title, but Chris Jericho comes out as one of the Druids, one of Evil's Druids. Attacks Evil. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't get a match, but at least we still got Taka telling him to get over here. So that was that was cool. Or come over here, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was a, a a hot angle that got over very well, and um, I think I still think Jericho is a difference maker. I think the show will do very well with Jericho on top, and I think Jericho will still add a lot to Wrestle Kingdom. I am not someone who has any problem with Jericho's presence or even their usage of Jericho. I, I I, think I said this on our message board, and everyone should sign up and use our message board. Uh, I can Plug that quickly here.
0: Voiceofwrestling.com slash forums, of course. That's,
1: That's right. Um, I think I said on our message board, um, you know, in our, our thread discussing our show last week, that um, it provided that Chris Jericho worked with evil at some point before Wrestle Kingdom, I was not one of these people who had a problem with his usage or the fact that he only pops up on major shows or for major, I, I don't have a problem with it because I think he makes enough of a difference to justify it. Um, Cause he's a major star and everything he's done in new Japan has been a home run. So he's going to work with Eagle with evil at power struggle. And then presumably he's going to work with Naito at wrestle kingdom. And I really don't have any problem with, with the layout of this and and the path that they've chosen and, and, and the, and, and this angle and, and the way that they're going about doing this. Um, there's a lot of people saying that evil could potentially win that match. And I hadn't really thought about that. I suppose he could. I mean, I'd still, I still think Jericho is going to win and Naito is going to, uh, beat him for that title at Wrestle kingdom. But, um, it's not out of the realm of possible because Jericho losing doesn't mean anything. He's well past the point where losses are going to hurt him. Um, you know, I, I. But you know, to me though, it's better if he goes into the nighto match after beating his boy. I think it makes more sense to beat the underling and defeat him, and that adds more heat to the nighto match, in my opinion. But, oh
0: yeah, work your way yeah. up. I mean, that's that's classic pro wrestling. I mean, that's pro wrestling one one. Is yeah, work your way up yeah. to the guy. Yeah.
1: But but yeah, in terms of the angle and all, I got a little off the beaten path. But I thought it was a hot angle. I thought everything Jericho does in this company so far has has been gold, and um, yeah, I, I I thought I thought it was uh it, I wasn't expecting it. I yeah, I wasn't expecting not to get the match. I thought maybe Jericho would show up, but more maybe on the screen or something like that. So it was creative and well done.
0: I think the one thing that I'm I'm a little you know as far as the angle I like the angle I liked everything about that it kind of stinks to not get evil versus Xavier Junior which I was looking forward to but it'll come at some time these guys aren't going anywhere so uh, they'll be around for a while but uh, the one thing with the Jericho is I just think the IC title being so distant for the year kind of hurts for me a little bit I I like I like that title being in the mix I like shows being headlined by that title I think it adds a little bit of of you know there's that secondary title people can go for there's that one B like we always said I think him kind of winning the title and going away. I, I don't love it. Like, I know why they did it, and I understand the reasoning why, and it's probably going to pay off more in the end, but I think. I think it's healthier when that that Intercontinental title is around. And I'm sure, you know, he's not going to have it for another year or whatever. Like when he drops it again, like it'll be a a welcome addition when it comes back and and, and gets used. That's my lone criticism. I get why you do it with Jericho. And we said that many, many times. If Jericho's going to come and work for you, you're, of course, going to do whatever you can to get him to to come because that's a huge boon to the Western audiences. Those people are always going to be attracted to anything Chris Jericho does. So I get it. I 100% get it. But it feels like shows have been a little empty without that title. And that's my lone criticism, I guess, a little bit of, of Jericho's use.
1: Yeah. I mean, you use Jericho until you feel like it's cooling off. And I don't feel like it's cooling off at all. I don't get that sense yet at all. And, you know, if Power Struggle does a bad number, then you can say, all right, well, Jericho's got to lose tonight. Don't get the fuck out of here because, you know, now it's it's run its course. Right, right, right. But I don't get that sense. Now, I, I, you know, look, I get your side of it. And that was sort of the side of the debate on our forum as well. And I understand that. It's just from my perspective. Well, he is defending on this show, and I know you're getting less defenses than usual. You know, you're only going to get the one, uh, well, two total when he loses it. Um, you presuming, you know, that he wins this one, and and the other thing is, the way I look at it is, did the company. Was it a negative in any way, shape, or form that the title wasn't around? Like, I don't see any business negative to the absence of the, t- I don't think the absence of the title hurt anything because it was during G1 was a big chunk of that. And, and I, you know what I mean? So it's um I, I don't know. I, I, and I don't see a show where it's his presence or that title's presence would have dramatically changed something or, or they, they sell out every show. So, you know, if you can point me to a show or a scenario where it would have been helpful to have him around or that title have around, but but I get it, I get it. It from an entertainment perspective, you want that belt around because you like seeing that belt defended.
0: And yeah, yeah. I just think I, I think it, it pumps up those secondary shows because it's yeah. the secondary title for those shows or whatnot, and and those have been kind of lost to it a little bit. But you know, business wise, is not really probably yeah, all really that much. So. They're,
1: they're in a position where they can. Actually, afford not to have that title, right? Which
0: that title was a huge, deal. I mean, that title yes. getting to the level it got to was so gigantic for the company's growth. I mean, where we, yeah, go back to go to the archives, yeah. listen to a show four years ago. Where we we're talking about Nakamura and how important it was for him to have that title, establish that title, and make it a big deal in drawing in those secondary cities and 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 yeah, allow- well,
1: we were screaming about that and people were arguing with us like, yeah. oh, it's a meaningless fucking bullshit. And we're like, no, you're not seeing the bigger picture here. And you know, of course, we proved to be correct. But but yeah, so I, I not, that, say, not you- that we
0: like to gloat at all, of course. But, no, you know, you I, have to go there. I mean, at least, yeah.
1: Of course. You know, I can't get through <laughs> this whole thing without a single victory. Lap. You got to
0: gloat at least once a show. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: Even if it's a point from 2013, I got to yeah, gloat still gotta it.
0: it. Still got to dunk it, man, right? You get the LU if you got to yeah, dunk it.
1: I, that, absolutely. But but I hear you. You just from, look, man, juice up the cards. Put the fucking title back on the yeah, card. That's
0: that's yeah, all. Right. But, I mean, it's 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 working. And I'm still into it. And I still, you know, I'm still going to be interested in, in whatever. And
1: you're going to get one next month. You know, yeah. so you there's your defense right there.
0: All right, so and and have- it's
1: interesting that they're, and it's interesting that their main event they Jericho's main eventing against yeah. evil and and, and 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 Omega's working down card in his tag yeah. so that goes to show they have you know faith in him and and look this will be really really in reality this will be a great chance to see how much effect he has on the Japanese we know you know the western he affects Western business we know that but he's headlining a show and the champion is down card in a tag. So we'll really get to see a, a tangible effect of 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 what the Japanese fans think of Jericho in these angles.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the card in a bit, but I mean they're laying that out to dry in, in a lot of ways. They're like and, and I mean that I guess I mean that in a positive term is they're like putting it out there, like, hey, what does Jericho mean to our business? Like they have a go. lot like, of
1: faith. Chris Jericho. And, and look, it's a good card from a bell-to-bell perspective. Sure. We'll get to yeah, that.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do yeah. that here in a bit. Uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. It was vacant. Uh, this is the tournament final. Uh, Kushida getting the win over Marty Skrull a little under 20 minutes in this match. I was maybe slightly disappointed in this match. I kind of had high expectations, and I don't know what quite delivered to those levels. I thought Kushida was good throughout. I thought Skrull was kind of no nonsense. It just felt kind of meandering at times, and there was points where I was a little bored by it. But all in all, I like the last five minutes were really good the build-up to those last five minutes, I, I at times I find myself kind of bored by this match. So I was a little underwhelmed by this match. I, what what'd you think of it?
1: I thought it was well-worked and very good. I thought it was um, lower end of the junior title matches this year because the junior title matches this year have been off the charts. Uh, but I thought it was well-worked and very good. You know, right around four, somewhere in that range. Three and three-quarter, four, somewhere in there.
0: All right, and then uh we have Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Jay White. This is my match of the night. I love this match, Joe. I fucking adored this match. Tanahashi is so great. It's so nice to have him back in our lives and him doing big time stuff and big time matches. Cause there's just nothing like it. You know what I mean? Like there was so we, we had mentioned this a few weeks back when we were talking about how 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 much weight like a Tanahashi match. Or I think I did this on an instant reaction show for a Patreon when I talked about when Tanahashi's in a big time match and 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 It just feels different than like anybody else in this company, Okada included. Like, there's just something different about when Tanahashi is doing big stuff. And somebody put a, I I forget who it is, so I feel bad I'm not giving them credit, that, you know, when you're watching a a Kenny Omega match, it's like a rock and roll concert. It's awesome. It's loud. It's, you know, things are going on. You're having fun. You're doing all that sort of stuff. When Tanahashi, though, it's like an opera and it like fucking rocks. You know what I mean? Like, when you're done, you're like, oh my God that got me to the core that I'm never going to, like, I can't even explain what that did to me. It just hit me on a level that I cannot even comprehend. Whereas like, yeah, the kind of Omega thing is awesome. There's a the rock show, you know, I, I yeah. And it's not, I'm, I'm not meaning that to like put down Kenny Omega at all. Like I love, you know, it, and, yeah, you can enjoy the hell out of a, out of a rock concert and enjoy going to a rock sh- concert and you can enjoy an Omega match or whatever, but there's just a different level of, I, I don't know what it is with the Tanahashi match. He's just so good. I just don't know what to say. I mean, this match rocked. He's so good, and Jay White's awesome, and we'll talk about the angle in a bit, but the match itself, I mean, what did you think of the of this match? Because I thought this was far and away the match of the night, and I, I don't want to say it's one of my favorite matches of the year, because it's been such a good year, but it's like in that last cut. Like, it would be one that I would really have to consider if I was doing a top 20 or whatever. It's not going to fit in my top 10, but it's right in that mix, though. I fucking love this match.
1: It sounds like you liked it more than I did. I thought, again, it was a very good match. It was the best of their three, I thought, by far. Uh, much better than the Tokyo Dome match. Much better than the G1 match. Uh, so the best of their three. And yeah, Tanahashi, it's it's um, he's an all-time great. And it, he brings a completely different aura to the proceedings than some of these other guys do. And I think it's like, that is a good, the music thing is a good analogy. It's like, it's like you listen to Kenny Omega but you hear Tanahashi. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, you know, it's just uh, you know, and and, and he's just a, he's he's very cerebral. He's just a master of what he does and um yeah, he's just he's incredible. You know, we've we've probably bragged on him more than any other wrestler in the history of the show. And 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 it's well deserved. I think he's an all-time great. And um yeah, he does bring just a he brings an aura of importance to 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 matches like this when he's in them it's it's you just always feel like what he's doing matters a lot and um, you know I think he's the kind of guy where it's he's like 41 or 42 years old now and we really should appreciate him while he can still deliver at this level because you know you're going to turn around he's going to be 46 47 you're going to turn around he's going to be you know working six man tags pre you know prelim matches openers like like Tenzon's doing now,
0: yeah, and, and we thought we had that. We thought we, that we were already there, and I'm so glad that we're not. I'm so. I mean, I thought six months ago we, we were there. Thought or, we
1: were trending there. Yeah. We thought we were trending there. You know, I I thought he'd still be an upper mid card guy for a while. And really, that's what he is. I mean, look, he's main event in the Tokyo Dome this year, and all that. But I don't think he's going to be a permanent fixture at the top of the card for the next three years or anything like that. I think they think they have a money match with Tanahashi and Omega because they never got their definitive, remember that feud never ended because of injury when Omega first was elevated. Um, That all got derailed because, and and, and we never really got the resolution to that. And so in essence, they've kind of saved this. So they think they have a money match here and it's time to pump the brakes on Okada a little after they, they milked that for every fucking penny it was worth. So you move Okada down for a year and, and you're still waiting. You're going I think they're gonna do Naito Okada next year, and you know, I, I think Naito probably wins that and all that. So in the interim, this was the match you go to because it's it's a big match that hasn't been burnt out at all, and they're gonna go with Omega and Tanahashi on top. And and um, you know, I, it, 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 we don't need to jump ahead. We could talk about whether we think that's gonna draw as we get closer to it and we see how the, the hype goes and how the buzzle meter feels on it. But um, but yeah, Tanahashi really is something special
0: uh now of course the big thing coming out of this is jay white the whole stuff with jay white joining the bullet club what's oh god i've had to sneeze for the longest time ever okay there we go i knew it was gonna Gesundheit. come out i was, ah, I was trying say that?
1: i've never said that because
0: Zun tight i believe is the uh Kirkway, yeah. uh, say, the German has got to be it German. It is German. It is German. Yeah. I was, God, I was hoping that it, would, it was one of those things you knew. I like 10 minutes ago, I knew it was coming. And I just didn't know what exactly was going to come. And the second you threw to me, I was like, God damn it, it's coming. I'm going to try to bolt through it. And I just couldn't. But, all right, we're good now. It was just one. That's good. Not the uh, three or four. I, I I'm. Oh, how many sneezes are you? How many sneeze guy are you at once? Yeah,
1: see, I notice. Yeah, I want to talk about this because you're. It. It sounds like you're not an aggressive sneezer.
0: I'm not. You I'm have... two sneezing. I'm out. Maybe three. And if it's three, I'm like, uh oh, what's up? <laughs> like this isn't good. I'm three. But,
1: but everyone, at everyone, most. everyone knows that person who who is like an explosive, aggressive sneezer where you think they just died.
0: Yeah, my, like, my dad will sneeze for like 10 minutes straight. And you're like, you're so annoyed of him. You're like, stop. And he's like, I'm, I'm trying. Like I, he will sneeze, I'm not kidding, 30 times in a row. It's the most annoying thing in the world. I hate it.
1: And then you have, see, he's a high-volume sneezer, right? So you have a high-volume sneezer. We all know some of those guys. That's not me. I'm a one-sneeze guy, right? Like you just did. A, a, a basic common, you know, 5 out of 10 sneeze, I'm a one-sneeze man right? So you have your volume sneezers like your dad. These people who just, it's like they'll sneeze eight times in a row and you're like it annoys you. You're like, I'm trying to watch this Shut up!
0: Yeah, we would watch TV and we'd be like, Dad, go to the other room. Like, you'd have to go upstairs and like get away from us because he was so annoying.
1: But then you have your power sneezer. You ever encounter one of those where they sneeze so loud and so powerfully that you feel like they're exaggerating it on
0: purpose? Yeah, there's a guy at my work who he will he probably sits, God, it's got to be 800 feet away. And like when it rattles your desk when he sneezes, it is the loudest thing in the entire world when that man sneezes. It's just, oh my God. It
1: sounds cool. like a shotgun blast. Yeah. And you're oh, like, yeah. We all
0: like stop and like, oh God, what was that? And it's, it's, oh, it's it's him sneezing. Okay.
1: Oh, that's Jim again. You know, it's like, is it necessary? But it's like, you know, like my, my father was a power sneezer, right? And I always accused him of like hamming it up. I'm like, oh, God, I I hear,
0: a- I'm like ah, come on. You can reel that in. And Michelle's kind of a loud sneezer. I, I, I make fun of her all the time. Like reel that shit in. You don't have to sneeze like that. There's no need for that.
1: Yeah, but yeah, you you sound like a you know you're a one sneeze guy. You're a you're a single uh, you're a single sneezer. That was a very common sneeze. So I, I sneeze the same way. But yeah, the you know you so the power sneezers though. What do you find more annoying, a power sneezer or a volume sneezer? A, po-
0: a volume one for sure. The volume is a lot to handle. The power sneeze more times than not. They're they're like one and done, maybe two and done, three tops. But the, the volume sneezer though. There's nothing worse than hearing someone sneeze for, like, eight minutes straight. It's just infuriating.
1: I feel like the volume sneezer, I feel bad for them because I don't think they can control that shit. Like, the power sneezer, I do think they're laying it on a little thick sometimes.
0: Right, right. I, I agree.
1: You know the volume sneezer. That's kind of like, and then you have these rare afflictions where people cannot stop sneezing, like with the hiccups. Like you ever see that, like on those uh, wacky, uh,
0: yeah, which that would, would show. Like I probably just, call it a day. I'd probably call it a day of my life. That seems really annoying. Like I'm good. Yeah,
1: I've been sneezing for 16 years. Yeah, and I I'm can't good. Know.
0: Like I'm not like, living 16 years. Then sorry. Like I'm just, I'm just not. That's too annoying.
1: And you have the people who have who who claim they've been having orgasms nonstop for like years and years and years. That would get old
0: too. Yeah, that would be. That would be odd. horrible. Are you yeah. kidding
1: me? Like, now, now there's a lot of people in the medical community who think they're full of shit. <laughs> but now, now, okay, of the are these three, males and females that are that are having this, they're usually you know they're usually females. I was going to say
0: the male that that seemed like that would be an issue. If
1: that'd be if, messy, and they, yeah, they wouldn't be. Say, the shit. We seem- can prove that one, but but it's like okay, so. It's like, assuming it's real, right? Like, which of those three afflictions, like, would you rather be afflicted with eight straight years of sneezing, like, every 45 seconds, eight straight years of hiccups, or eight straight years of constant orgasms?
0: Oh, eight straight years of constant orgasm, for sure.
1: Wait, as the best or the worst? Uh,
0: The the, the best, the one I would most like to have, yes.
1: You'd prefer just to have the orgasm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other ones seem...
1: The other one, they all seem... all. But here's the thing. Wouldn't you, do you really want to have orgasms, like, every six minutes at Well, then it just becomes a
0: thing, you know what I mean? It's just, like, part of you. You're just like, ah, yeah, here we go. Like, I I feel like the the, the hiccup and the, the sneeze is, like, annoying enough where it, like, disrupts your life. I feel like you just, the orgasm, you could just let it be a part of your life at a certain point. If it happens hey, you every day for like, six told, minutes, you're like, ah, whatever, all right, like, like you know, ah, oh, it's happening again, whatever, who, who cares, you know, <laughs> like at a certain you point,
1: make a good point, you could wear an adult diaper and move on. Yeah, it
0: just becomes right? a part of you, and like, no one has to know either. Like, you know, you're not, you know, True. out there huffing and puffing every single time. I mean, maybe if it's like a very aggressive orgasm every time, that might be a little, a little much. But yeah, if it's just like a normal, like, oh, shit, all right, here you go, like, well, all right, here you go. I don't
1: think they're ex- Explosive orgasms necessarily? I think they're just like like, there's no way, right? They're run of the mills, you know. You know, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have a run of the mill. I think they're run of the mills, and 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 the thing is with the sneezing and the hiccups, you know, you're disrupting everyone around you. It's like really disruptive. Yeah, that's. I worry
0: more about that than myself. Like I can live with the orgasm thing because I can just handle that myself. But the other thing, people are gonna be like, oh, here's here's Rich, the hiccup guy, and I'm like, no, it's like I'm not. I hate it too. Like it's not good for you either. But you know, okay, let me make this
1: harder. What if it, along with the constant orgasms, you also have your go face every time you have one of these orgasms.
0: Um, then now we're starting to get into an interesting conversation there. Yeah. Um, that's tough. Yeah, that's that's tricky. I'd still probably would choose that one over the other ones though because the other ones just seem really like I, I could cover up my face or I could like act like I'm yawning or something. There's something. Then I'm the yawn guy, whatever. That's fine. I'll be the yawn guy over the hiccup guy. The hiccup guy would be, I don't like having the hiccups for a minute. I cannot imagine having it for like, like i already consider killing myself after like 6 minutes of a of, of a hiccup cuz it's just like- the worst like you just, is. You're like does. this. Is, I'm never. This is always going to be me. I'm never going to stop. This is never going to stop. How can I get this to stop? It's just never going to stop. It's it, this is my new life now, and it's over in like five minutes, and then you can move on with your life. But you really at that point, I get that a lot because I get like a migraine. Uh, I get migraines fairly fairly often, and when those go on, I'm like, well, this is it. This is my new life. I just have migraines every day, and like that, that that could actually happen. You know what I mean? That could just all of, yeah. of a sudden I have migraines every day. Jeremy Sexton, who has done some stuff for our, for our website, used to do the Lucha Underground reviews, uh, still contributes from time to time. He has like he just has migraines every day, every day. He wakes up. From You know, God damn it! Like, I don't know if I can handle that. Like, God bless him because he can do it. I don't know if I can handle that. Like, yeah, I just feel like all those other ones would just annoy me to no end. The orgasm thing, I feel like I could, I could make work.
1: And I'm talking like the real go face, the one you can't control when the nurse does a nice job, not the (laughs) chat not the charity go face that you kind of give when you just don't want to make the other person feel bad. We all, you know, you know the
0: difference. Oh, I I know the difference, Joe. Don't worry. Yeah.
1: So, so (laughs) like a legitimate. Uncontrollable go face every time you have these. Con- See, that's tricky because then people know you're doing them. Like you're saying, you could just throw on the adult diaper, have your orgasms, move along your merry way. No one, no one is none the wiser, right? But not if the go face is in the mix. I do think that makes it trickier. Oh, I sure. might take, I might take the hiccups in that case.
0: Oh, the hiccups might. Oh, be the hiccups choice. are bad though. That's they're real bad. None of think these. Think are the last possible. time you had hiccups, like think of it. It's it's horrible. It's not, it is horrible. Not great.
1: But, and my Go face isn't great either, though, Rich. See, that's the thing, you know, so it's like, I don't know if everyone needs to be exposed to that.
0: Jay White is in the bull club. <laughs> Talk about that. I
1: mean, so Jay White is in the bull club. Now, see, this angle, really, your mileage is going to, look, if you hate this storyline or if you're tired of this storyline, this angle is not going to do anything for you. I'm not someone who hates it or is tired of it. I'm pretty agnostic on the storyline itself. I think it's entertaining enough. I think they've thrown enough twists in it. And I do think this was an angle that I would classify as a good angle. Um, It was interesting. Uh, It didn't, you know, I thought it was, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I thought it was a good angle. I think the Jay White thing moving forward to keep an eye on is, is, will he be a dedicated member of the bullet club or is he simply just using his next set of people to, to continue to advance his own, uh motivations. And that's really the the feeling I get off of the Jay White character. Jay White character to me is just a user. And he used chaos. And I get the feeling he's just gonna use Bullet Club. So
0: yeah, that, that's exactly where I'm at. And that's where like I get the idea. Cause because trust me, like I'm nothing if not someone that's been sick of the Bullet Club for for we go back again, like go to the archives and 2014, I'm kind of over the bullet club and ready for them to go away. And of, of course, you know, even to these days, this day, I'm, I'm they just don't interest me all that much. They're like the, the bullet club storylines, bullet club, you know, grasps for power, like they don't do much for me. To me, though, this is less of a bullet club storyline and more of a Jay White storyline. He is bigger than the bullet club at this point. He is bigger than th- this section of the bullet club at this point. The, the bullet club OGs or whatever, which is the, the, the group he's, you know, somewhat entering, he's bigger than that. And this to me, yeah, if he comes out and he's just a normal guy sitting in the background with his arms crossed while Tomatonga cuts a promo, yeah, you have all right to say, oh, God, this fucking sucks. It's not that, though. Jay White is leading this unit. Jay White is on top of this unit, and that, that's at least what my the impression that I got after the show. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but to me, it's those guys sort of saying, hey, this guy's got some momentum. Let's bring him into the fold. We'll let him be the leader, and, and, and Gato will be the leader, and, and those guys, but those guys, I really, yeah, that's the same. I see how you see it. They're using the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club are just the, 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 the next means to the end for Jay White. He's got Doubling up these units and spitting them out when he's done with them, and that's all that I feel like this is. So, yeah, I get it. I get the apprehension if it's like, oh God, Jay White's just in the Bullet Club. I get that, but but you have to think. At least I think it'll be bigger than that. I think it's Jay
1: White
0: just going to use. I don't know how long it's going to use the Bullet Club. I have no idea, but it, I, I just don't think he's long for it. And even if he's long for it, he's transcending that 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 unit. He's he's changing that unit. That unit is going to change around him. He's not just going to become another cog in, the, in, in in the Bullet Club wheel. I I I really don't think so. I just have no no way that that's how they would do it. I I think I'd be really surprised if he just becomes another guy in the bullet club.
1: Well, and the one thing that no one's really looking at is if the elite does walk in January. Okay. The bullet club now has a star leader on top with Jay white. So, you know, it's like that, that's another facet of this that you kind of just touched on where, you know, now they have their star. Now they have their leader on top of this uh, unit that you know new Japan owns the rights to and all of those sorts of things so um, you know it, it's it's they didn't have that Tamatanga is not that strong presence that can lead a unit and be a top star it's just not him but Jay White is that and Jay White is clearly someone where we've known for a very long time that he's someone who's going to be a top star in this company or at least they're going to attempt that I think it will be successful. Uh, some people can go either way on that. But I, I, I do think that's going to work out. And I do think he's going to be a top star. And, you know, he's homegrown and he's charismatic and he, he can be a great wrestler. And right now he just happens to be doing a gimmick where, you know, bell-to-bell wrestling isn't the top priority. But, you know, when the time comes and, you know, eventually he'll be a baby face again, years down the line. Those sort of, you know, he can have great matches. The other thing too is, it's like, I like all of this unit turmoil and moving parts. And that does interest me.
0: I've wanted that. I've wanted that for years. I, 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 I'll take anything that just changes up the stale units that we've had forever.
1: Yeah. And, and we're getting that now. And and look again, I thought the angle came off hot. Look, Okada saving
0: Tanahashi, the crowd exploded. For oh, them. they went absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah, that that's really. I mean, people bury the lead by talking about the the, the Jay White and the Bullet Cup thing, and yeah, that's obviously going to be the most important thing. But I think more than than anything is is, is Okada helping Tanahashi, and, and and Tanahashi at some point laying over Okada. Like that stuff is. I mean, those dudes have been neck and neck, yet each other for years and years and years. Like yeah, like all you have to do is listen to that explosion when Okada comes out, and and they know that he's coming to save Tanahashi. People lose their fucking minds for that.
1: Yeah. So from that perspective, look, I, I thought it was a very good angle. I thought it, uh, it it got good heat and, uh, it all came off very well. Um, you know, but people who dislike the bullet club or down on all the unit strife or, you know, they, they weren't going to be into it, but they, there's nothing they could have done that could have gotten them into it. It's just, you know, but, but from a neutral standpoint, I thought it was very well done and it was interesting and it had my attention while it was happening.
0: Yeah. I'm right with you there. And, and, and yeah, ultimately I'm, I'm, the way I judge something is I'm excited for that next step. You know what I mean? Like I have no idea what's next for this J white thing. I have no idea what's next with Jay white and Gato. I have no idea what Jay white and the bullet club do. I have no, and that's, that excites me. Like I have not been this excited about units in new Japan in quite some time. And, and now we're left with like the shambles of chaos, like what the hell happens with that. And and so there's a lot of really fun stuff here to unpack and, and figure out what's going to happen moving forward. So I'm, I'm into it. I'm really excited uh, to see what happens. And then we get to the main event here, Omega, Cody, and Kota This is a three-way for the heavyweight championship. I thought ultimately a pretty good three-way. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. It still left me a little underwhelmed just because I hate three-way matches. Like they're just not good and and i just there's always kind of some tropes that you always have to sort of play up a little bit in these three-way matches i think they did a pretty good job of avoiding most of those but still kind of succeed, you know succumb to like the guy on the outside selling for a while while two guys fight in the ring or whatnot there was still a little bit of that even though way less than you get on like a normal WWE show or 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 any other company but yeah i mean ultimately i just kind of i was kind of glad it was over it seemed to get a little long too when about 35 minutes I it was good not great, but yeah, I, I, it's probably not a match that I'm ever going to really look back fondly on. It's just kind of, I'm not going to look back negatively. I'm just going to be kind of neutral on it. I, I thought it was good in the moment, but yeah, it, it it ultimately, I'm hoping that we never see any more three-way matches for the IWGB title ever again, so.
1: It was um, exactly what I thought it would be. It was a very good match that I had zero investment in. So that limited my enjoyment of it because I didn't care about it. And I didn't want to see it, and I didn't want to see a three-way in King of Pro Wrestling for the IWGP title. So, but you know, objectively, with my critic hat on, it was a really good match. You know, so I, I think if you were a big Kenny Omega fan or a big fan of of the Elite or a Cody fan, you probably thought this was a great match. And I did see some people say that. Um, and if you weren't into the idea of this match, it was going to be hard for them to overcome that for you. And uh, I just wasn't invested in it at all. Again, there was there's a lot of stuff going on where I just don't. I'm pretty neutral with a lot of stuff in this company, you know. I'm neutral on the Bullet Club strife. I'm neutral on, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Omega. I'm neutral on Tetsuya Naito. Some people go ape shit for Tetsuya Naito, and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm neutral on the guy. I just, you know, I just he's okay. I have nothing against him, and I don't particularly like him all that much either. He's just he's just a guy on the roster to me, um, you know. Uh, so it's like, you know, approaching it from that perspective, this match was exactly what I thought it was going to be a perfectly good match that I didn't give a shit about.
0: Yeah, I, I really struggled with, like, really caring what was going to happen. I mean, I, I think there was a mortal lock that Omega was going to win, so that, of course, didn't help things. And and the crowd at times seemed a little tame on it, too. Even though there was... They were they were, they were were into the big spots, but didn't seem very interested in, in like, who was going to win. You know what I mean? I think they all kind of knew who was going to win and were more just trying to see what the match was going to do. And, and that takes away a little bit in an IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. You always want no matter what, the fans to buy in that, oh my god, this guy might win. And and, and I think they ramped up a little bit when Coda got uh, Got a little bit of run of himself, but Cody, you know, I think Cody busted his ass in this match, but the crowd just, they just did not care about Cody at all. Like, mini pop when he came out, but man, everything they did in the match, they just didn't give a shit about Cody at all. So, I mean...
1: I I will say this. At the beginning of the show, when they were running down the card and putting the matches on the big screen, when they got to the main event, it got the biggest pop of the night. Now, did... Which tells you people wanted to see the match. Now... You know, I, I, I thought they were hotter at points during the show than they were for this match. But when the stuff popped up on the screen, if you go back and watch, the crowd audibly goes fucking crazy when this match is on that screen. So, um, you know, but for the match itself, I think mean, it's 35 minutes and they, they did lose the crowd at times. But I thought that, you know, and, and the crowd was never at a fever pitch for the match. But um, it got, you know, the reactions were fine, I guess. I mean, I didn't feel like it was a dead crowd. And I didn't feel like it was a rowdy crowd.
0: So that is uh, King of Pro Wrestling. Uh, let's get into some of the stories that have come out after that. And then we'll talk about the Super Junior and, and uh, Power Struggle. Uh, this came from this week's Observer. So I'm going to read a, a lot here, but I think it, it's worth unpacking. Of course, you don't want to subscribe to the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer. A lot of good details on there, f 4 w online dot uh, com to do that, but uh, here's the quotes here. While there's a lot of pride here for the quality of the matches stemming from Kobe and Long Beach shows during what is usually the post G one down period and the great reaction to G one and its business success, the new regime Harold May and new general manager Michael Craven is very different and not experienced in dealing with the wrestlers. There may be economics that we're not aware of, but there was a lot about the U S. expansion with enthusiasm between the new JoJo running regular California West Coast second circuit and the pullback from there and other changes. But it feels like a lot has changed in the last 30 days. This is, again, a quote from Wrestling Observer. Craven, who is believed to be the head of talent relations as well as international expansion, may be the most unpopular guy among the wrestlers with the new regime. Craven, uh, Dave... not quite sure but he suggested he was the tech business director at Hayes Japan Uh, so he was like a tech recruiting company and he worked in IT recruitment for 20 years or whatever he's lived in Japan since 1998 but yeah he's been involved in that sort of field of course not wrestling Uh, but the initial reaction among fans and this again from among wrestlers is from Dave again the initial reaction was that the feeling uh, is that he talks down to wrestlers and made strange comments and they know that he has no background in wrestling which is a very unique industry Uh, another person noted that the uh, the new team has gotten off to a rough start and that all the wrestlers both Japanese and American are talking about how how they feel like they have, uh, they're seen as workers in a factory assembly line as opposed to high level athletes or entertainers. The excitement so many had for working here has taken a hit, and I think the biggest point here, uh, this is the last one, this is one that got picked up by a lot of uh, the curators and the different stuff like that. Is there a quote a lot of people who in the past had never ever even considered WWE who are thinking about it, and others who were completely committed to staying who are probably still leaning that way but are considering the WWE option? So, Joe, what do you make of that report from the Observer, uh, that people? are a little down on this new regime, Harold May, and particularly Michael Craven, who doesn't know much about wrestling. And what do you make of the idea that people who had never considered WWE now considering it because of the regime change and not really liking what those guys are quite doing?
1: Well, people in general don't like change. And, you know, let's start there. The other thing is, you know, obviously the giant elephant in the room is you have to consider who's Dave's sources are. We all know who they're, his sources are. Okay, it's the elite. So this could be a, a ploy by the elite, whether they're legitimately upset with these people or not, and they may very well be upset with them, but this could be, a, a you know, a, a, an attempt to drive up leverage. Okay. This is pro wrestling. So, um, you know, as far as, uh, some of this stuff, I need to see some of these strategies that they have planned play out before I really form opinions. I'm not going to be someone who's going to jump out there and have, um, you know, whack. You know, these strong stances uh, either way on this. I have no idea if May is going to be uh, someone good to lead this company or someone poor to lead this company. I don't know yet. I don't have enough uh, evidence to support any of that or, or to form an opinion. But this this could be obviously a ploy. They have contracts coming up, and they're going to want to try to get the most money possible out of whatever side. And they may have already decided what side they're ultimately going to sign with. But it doesn't hurt them to try to drive up leverage.
0: Right. And um, it wouldn't be the first time they've used Dave for leverage. I mean, that's that is, and and that's we. How many weeks ago did we talk about that? That pro pro wrestlers used to. That was Dave's <laughs> mechanism in a lot of ways in the eighties and nineties. This float that X isn't feeling, you know, great about what he's doing in in, in WWE or WWE. You know, yeah, it, it is what it is. You want the company that you work for to want to value you more and you want, you know, the idea of options to be out there. Like, that's just one-on-one. Like, that's pro-wrestling athlete, athlete, no matter what business you're in, you want that. Like, even if you work at a desk job, you want to find another place that wants to give you another job so you can tell the job that you want, that you have, that maybe the one that you really want to go to. Hey, you know, this other company really wants me. Do you want to give me more money? And more times than not, they will. Or <laughs> if they really value you or whatever. It's just one-on-one. That's business one-on-one that they're doing here. And pro-wrestling is, is as guilty as any business of, uh, of doing that, of driving up leverage. I mean, that's just that's just what it is
1: it's you know i think it's a bigger story when wrestlers get along with the office than when they don't i think historically in wrestling wrestlers just they, they never get along with the office the office is always the enemy um you know if this becomes a big thing and there's a mass exodus you know we'll see um i don't think the elite's going anywhere though I think they're going to be in Ring of Honor in New Japan next year. That's that's what my gut's telling me on October 11th.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know. Yeah, I I I still do think that as well. But I I do, let's say let's okay let's let's maybe let's strike the idea that 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 this is just a leverage thing. Let's let's strike the idea that this is a leverage play. Let's go at it from the standpoint of people are actually upset. Like there there's whoever Dave's sources were are actually legitimately upset about it what do you make of it that way where maybe if if, if dave came out and said this is absolutely not a leverage play, like whatever I, there's no way that he's going to be able to do that but if 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 it was known that there was like people no matter we're not saying the elite necessarily we're just saying somebody whoever was was talking to dave were, were upset do you how do you look at that then like i know it's kind of a hypothetical that i'm using but let's say it's not a leverage play Let, let's say people are actually upset like if you're New Japan, do you do you react to this in any way? Do you say, okay, well, what are we going to do here? Do you look at Craven? Do you look at stuff, or do you just, as you said, chalk it up to change and say, hey, look, they'll they'll eventually see the way through, and 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 they'll eventually they'll 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 come to enjoy it or whatnot, or maybe they don't, and then do you maybe just say, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what is your next step if you're Harold and 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 Craven, and you read this and you know or you get clarification that's not a leverage play, but people are actually legitimately upset.
1: If I'm New Japan, I make all of the members of the elite a contract offer, which is fiscally responsible that I think will net positive returns for my company. How's that for an answer? Okay, it doesn't change anything. I assess what Kenny Omega is worth. I assess what he wants, and I assess what I'm willing to offer, and I go from there. This is that. Look, Rich, we're both sports fans. None of this is new to us. You know, you, you know, talent uses, uh, you know. I, you know, you talk about John Heyman in Major League Baseball. I mean, you know, it, 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 with Boris. Not Nightingale.
0: Nightingale is just the direct <laughs> message. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Sender. Okay, well, hey, I'm figuring that and this is sure NBA has
1: examples too, but it's like, you know, like for years, John Heyman, everybody knows that he pumps up Boris clients, Scott Boris clients in the media. You know, and and, and it, it's like, you know, it, it's so we'll see what happens. If I'm New Japan, you know, if, if, if I think the money that they want is, is exorbitant, I let them walk. Here's the thing. I think New Japan could absorb the loss of the elite. I mean, I don't think it's ideal, but I think they could absorb that loss. Looking at what they have on the bench and the lay of the land in that company, I think they'd be fine. I think they'd survive it. Ring of Honor would be the company that would that would be in a dire situation. Not New Japan. I think New Japan would do just fine if those guys walked. I, now, now, look, I'd want to keep them, and I think ultimately they're going to stay. Because I think they enjoy that freedom and they enjoy – uh, you know, all of the the things that come with that freedom and yeah, and, it's
0: always gonna be that. I mean, that that is gonna be any negotiation that Ring of Honor and New Japan are gonna win over WWE is is maybe not gonna be money. Maybe it is, maybe it is, you know, more opportunity, more easier ways to make money without, you know, different channels and whatnot, depending on, on how the WWE contract lays out for for certain people. But it's always gonna be art versus money, the artistic freedom that we give you that they're not gonna give you. So if you are somebody who enjoys the art of pro wrestling and enjoys having freedom or whatnot, that's what we're gonna offer to you. So there's that. And, and yeah, we can maybe make comparable money or whatnot, but maybe their contract will, will look bulkier on its face or whatnot. Or maybe the contract is just straight up more. But hey, if you love the art of wrestling and you love having freedom, that's what we offer. That's always going to be the negotiation ploy from anybody versus WWE is going to be the, the freedom.
1: Rich, they're doing all into next year and Kenny Omega wants to headline MSG. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think they're going anywhere. So whether they legitimately don't like these guys or not, maybe, maybe, you know, look, you know, wrestlers being at odds with the office is nothing new. It goes back to probably fucking, you know, George Hackenschmidt probably didn't like his promotion. No, it did. I mean, it definitely
0: did. Yeah, no, yeah, it definitely
1: did. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't move me. I, yeah. I, you know, this isn't anything new to me. I You know, you think you think they're all fucking thrilled with Gato all the time. And I mean, you know, it's just it, it, it's the office. No,
0: you hate your bosses. Like I hate everybody hates their bosses. You know, everybody I, hates their Nobody I, likes their boss all the time. I mean, sometimes you, you like them,
1: especially sometimes. if you're not getting your way. And if you are getting your way, you do. Like you think Jay White's real upset with the office these days? No, he's Fuck about no. to be a fucking <laughs> mega star at a main event. So yeah, I, I do. I think
0: know. Juice Robinson's pissed right now. Absolutely, I'm sure Juice Robinson's pissed. Uh, yeah, but,
1: very possibly,
0: but, but I two, mean, five weeks ago he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like it, it ebbs and flows for sure.
1: And they're playing it up so much on being the elite and on Twitter and things like that that it just it it affirm it reaffirms my belief that they're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's you know so I I don't buy it yet, but obviously this is going to be a big story over the next three months.
0: Um, this is kind of funny here. Two little things. There was something that Dave put in the Observer uh, that I, I found kind of interesting. And then there's, uh, as we record this, Tama Tonga, uh, apparently has been given word about this, uh, this report, and uh, he is uh, not happy about it. <laughs> so you can, uh, whether this is in character or not, here's what, here are the tweets stream of uh, of Tama Tonga, the bad boy, I should say, quote, bad boy, Tama Tonga. Uh, funny reading that a lot of foreign performers are complaining about the work atmosphere not being fun in New Japan. What a load of shit. Plenty of great talents out there that would be grateful to have an opportunity to work in New Japan. Who fed you those lines? Dave Meltzer at Dave Meltzer WN. New president management helping the company gain sponsorship with international expansion. What a time to be a part of New Japan. Traveling, big money, company growing. Yeah, bitch. Us foreigners <laughs> that have been here and worked our asses off are very proud of how far we've come. So to the foreigners or for or the foreigner or foreigners complaining to Dave Meltzer that they're not having fun, you can Get the fuck out! I've never had my career here in New Japan. uh I've never, in my career in New Japan, have heard of a Japanese wrestler complaining about the work atmosphere not being fun. in New Japan, get the fuck out of here! So that's not a It doesn't. I don't. Did it explicitly say that foreigners are upset about it, or did it just say he kind of added that part on his own? I don't know if it said that in the in the the quotes in the actual. I observer, think but I think everyone's Not that the Wrestling Observer would ever be. Misquoted anywhere. I mean, I never would ever assume <laughs> yeah. that Dave or the Observer would be misquoted on one of many reputable websites that copy and paste uh, them every week. But, you know, I don't think Foreigner was actually mentioned.
1: I don't think either, but I think obviously that's the assumption. I don't think people think Dave is talking to Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> <Right>. So, <laughs> you know, but, but, but yeah, I mean, look.
0: Goto, that's our, there's our mole is Hiroki Goto's pissed. He's look, out of look. there. <laughs> He's done.
1: Anything in pro wrestling is going to be a work to some extent. But listening to those comments, I think those are uh, <laughs> pretty on the square. I think he's being pretty genuine there, mm-hmm. you know, with a little bit of working, too, because obviously he's feuding with the guys that he's strongly implying are talking to Dave. Right. So you always have to consider that. And and and, and but it, it may be that deal where he's sending those guys a legitimate message through a little bit of a work. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what makes pro wrestling unique. You know? Yes. Is are
0: fucking for um, wrestlers and they're always working because they're not it, yeah.
1: maybe maybe some people are upset and maybe they'll leave. I don't think it's the worst thing. Rich, you know I love jumps. Oh, yeah. I love jumps, I love shakeups, I'm always a big fan of that. I love seeing guys in new places, I love seeing places respond to losing stars. So and I honestly think New Japan is is well positioned to absorb um, losing the elite as crazy as that sounds again i don't think it's ideal but i i really don't think it would have a massive effect on their i mean look they lost shinsuke nakamura along with a a host of others and didn't miss a beat at a time when they were less stable than they are now
0: yeah no i'm right with you too i think yeah and, and that's kind of been a discussion point as well people going okay well now let's say hypothetically if they did yeah a lot of American Indies and Ring of Honor would be dead. Like, that. like when, I, when I say the term "dead," I don't mean legitimately like putting you know the the doors you know closed on the door, but like it would hurt. It would hurt tremendously for the Bucks to be gone. It would hurt tremendously for Omega to not be around and be able to do all in and that sort of stuff. That would suck. I would not want that. But New Japan, I think, just keeps chugging along without them. I don't like honestly. Yeah, even though Kenny Omega is the champion right now, they're well equi- or not? You know, they're they're well equipped to if tanahashi won the title on wrestle kingdom be just fine and have somebody else in line they're always and that's the key that's the key to booking is have that next guy ready have the next person up be ready for anything that leaves always be on the lookout always be ready that that guy that you think is reliable and always going to be here might just leave might get hurt whatever whatever it be whether they leave they get hurt uh anything that just always be on the ready and always be you know looking for that next step and that's why i found kind of funny we'll get into this because i know we have some other stuff to cover here but um uh, David, the Observer says, New Japan, in many ways, reminds me of 1986 Jim Crockett promotions with a collection of Hall of Fame-level guys putting on the best product but still seconded out of uh, WWE. But while Crockett had a strong 85 and 86, New Japan has had the growth, really, from 2011 to 2017, so it's a longer run. It didn't fall like 87 Crockett, but the similarities to 1989 under Jim Hurd with the great big show main events but the bad behind-the-scenes decisions and frustration by the top stars is very similar. I find that kind of ludicrous <laughs> because, I mean... That company was struggling to survive, right? It's it's,
1: I mean, it's a bad it's a it's a it's a bad comparison. I don't think it's a good comparison. That company either, needed
0: right? to be bailed out by by Ted Turner, and and
1: it's um yeah. And this company it just continues to grow, so it's it, and, and WCW was already declining by '89. They had three straight years of decline by then, so it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Look, here's the thing: this is a company that's that's look. If they lose Kenny Omega, look the Bucks don't really mean anything. Let's be honest. They no, don't. They can lose
0: tomorrow and it wouldn't it wouldn't matter.
1: If, if we're talking about Kenny Omega here, if they lose Kenny Omega, they haven't genuinely pushed or put Tetsuya Naito in a drawing position all year. How many major shows has he main invented since Wrestle Kingdom? You know, so there's a guy right there, Jay White, who there clearly is going to be a major uh, money drawing star in this company. And, you know, even Okada's downcycled right now. You lose Kenny Omega, you really look, it's again. I, I really don't think it's going to be some kind of massive hit. You want to argue for the international expansion? Okay, uh, but see, with that, I, you know, it's 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 the core product at home is is, and we always say this is going to be the most important thing. They can fall on their face with the U.S. thing and just just chug right along in Japan, like like you know what I mean? It's 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 they can cut bait on the U.S. if they feel like that's not working at any time. And it's really not that big a deal as long as the core business stays strong. So, you know, we'll see. My gut tells me they want to have all in too. My gut tells me Kenny Omega has some plans for next year uh, with that MSG show and some other things. And I think this is all posturing. And I do think it's it's part leverage play and part getting their word out there, um, you know, with Dave. And if they're legitimately upset with the, with the office, then, then it's legitimate for Dave to, to report that. I don't see anything mm-hmm. wrong with that report. Um, but you know it, it's um, you know we'll see.
0: Absolutely. All right, some other stuff coming up for New Japan right now. We have the Super Junior Tag League. Uh, there's a great preview up on Voice Wrestling.com. John Carroll. Uh, did an incredible job breaking down every single team uh, background of the tournament background of each team. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. Voice uh, up there right now by uh, John Carroll. Just look for super junior tag league preview and predictions, but uh, real quickly, we'll touch on this because it gets going uh, October 16th. Uh, the beginning of the tour, we run through the uh, the Power Struggle. Uh, the final will be at, at Power Struggle on November 3rd. Uh, but our teams, we have Bushi and Shingo, uh, our new uh, LIJ team. Trisha Thunder and Tiger Mask, as we suspected. Kushida and Chris Sabin. So Chris Sabin makes his return to New Japan. Uh, ACH and Suguchi, as we assumed after the Long Beach show, that would be the team. Uh, Valador Jr. and Sabanero, or, or was it? Silverano? Soberano. I don't know why I said Sabanero. Silverano <laughs> Jr. Uh, are your uh, your CMLL representatives. Uh, Yo and are Punky 3K. Taiji Shimori and Robbie Eagles. That's a pretty fun one as well. By the time most of you read this, we have a piece up from uh, Scorpio, uh, who does a lot of our uh, Australia pieces uh, and Australia articles. Uh, a little bit of background about Robbie Eagles, if you're not quite sure who he is. We've talked about him a lot on the show, uh, but if you don't know who he is, definitely time to get going and and, and understand it because in a few weeks, you are going to know who Robbie Eagles is because he's going to kill it on this tournament with Taiji Shimori. I cannot wait to see that. Uh, and then Kanamoro and Fla- Desperate. So Fla-
1: F- Flash Funk made his Voices a Wrestling debut and wrote an article for us?
0: Yes, yeah, oh yeah. we got him (laughs) once you get him awake you just have to like poke him with a stick and wake him up and then once you do that it's 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 good stuff though but uh uh yeah so what do you make of that uh that junior uh uh block and oh we should mention as well um Important to say, this is not an elimination tournament like it's been in years past. Uh, This is eight teams in a single block. So it's a 13-night tournament, eight teams, single block. So uh, block matches, of course, held from uh, October 16th to November 1st, culminating, as I said, in power struggle. So uh, first off, maybe I'll ask you about the block structure. And then what do you think of uh, the teams in the lineup that we have uh, for this year's uh, tourney?
1: Yeah, so it's a single block tournament, and um, it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. And I will be doing uh, daily updates behind the paywall, similar that we did for the G1 shows uh, with the same structure, Uh, tracking the top matches, keeping track of the standings, uh, giving full reviews and star ratings to all the matches. So look for that on the Patreon side, on the subscriber side, there will be daily updates for this tournament. It's, It's one block, eight teams, top two teams advanced to the final at Power Struggle. And it looks like a lot of fun. Now, those review shows on the subscriber side they're not going to be as long or as intensive as the G1 shows because some of these tour dates have maybe one match on
0: them. yeah there's there's and, quite a few there's a streak of like i think towards closer to november closer to the end of october where there's like four straight shows that are one match apiece so yeah it's 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 not going to be yeah there's not a lot to talk about with and those,
1: those so. are all going to be sh- where you you're not even going to get the whole card you're going to get a single cam um, like they do with some of their smaller tours where you just get that match and you get it on single cam. Now, the Korokan shows are loaded with four tournament matches each, and there's four Korokan shows. Rapongi 3K is headlining three of them. Shingo and, um, and Bushi are facing Rapongi 3K on the first one. They're headlining two of them. Kanamoro and Despi are in the main event of two of those Korokan shows. So this is another entire tour built around junior wrestlers headlining the biggest shows. So again, when people tell you that New Japan doesn't book the juniors well. Just roll your eyes and ignore it. Don't even argue with that. I mean, it's utter nonsense. Um, you know, right. they, this is well, now, you
0: can't say I don't like how they book them, and that's fine. But yeah, it's <laughs> so undeniable. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah it's but but
1: to, the, to say that New Japan, you know, ah, juniors just get lost in the shuffle. They don't know how to treat their juniors. I mean, it's just you can write that person off as clueless. Don't even debate that stuff anymore. Uh, but but yeah, so it's it, it's a tour built around the junior tag teams. Four Cork and Hall shows looks like a lot of fun. We'll be reviewing every show on the Patreon side, daily updates. I'm a fucking maniac. I don't know why I do this you're shit. Yeah, because you're an idiot. I, I do it for the listener, Rich. I love the listeners and I love the paying customer. So that's why I do it. But uh yeah, I'm sure I'll uh, you know, look, if I could survive the G1, I could do this. That's true.
0: You you're good. Yeah, you're 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 fine. <laughs> yeah
1: looks like a lot of fun though. So single block and, and they, they didn't make it too complicated. So that's good.
0: No, I like it. What do you, it uh, seems to stick out to me. I mean, obviously Robbie Eagles coming in uh, with Taiji Ishimura is, is is fun. So I guess Robbie Eagles is also a Bull Club member or Bull Club adjacent or whatever the hell uh, you would make of that. But I find that team fascinating. Robbie Eagles is great. If you, if you, as I said, we have that article coming up on the website uh, or just, you know, look up Robbie Eagles on YouTube, find the Osprey match. We talked about that one years ago uh, in PWA. I know he had one this year as well against Osprey. Eagles is great. Eagles is really good. And I think he's going to just fit like a glove on this, and I cannot wait to see him mix it up there. Uh As far as some other guys coming in, I mean, Shingo, of course, we talked about him earlier. Uh, any thoughts on Chris Saban anymore, or is Chris Saban 2018 not do much for you?
1: I mean, he didn't knock my socks off of the best of Super Juniors. I thought he was fine. Robbie Eagles is going to kill it. Robbie Eagles is going to be great. And yeah, I want, um, he
0: give be young and hungry. You know what I mean? I like Saban. But Saban's not young and hungry anymore. Saban's fine, you know what I mean? Like he's he's Saban's firmly reached like solid pro wrestler status. Give me young and hungry because Robbie Eagles, I know, is going to go out there and give it a fucking hundred ten percent every single time.
1: And not only that, I mean, Eagles fits like a glove in that unit too because he's from the same region as the Bullet Club OGs. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's an Australian guy, and that's the connection there. And uh, I, I expect that team to do well. But I mean, look, I I think. The, the, the first main event of the tournament is also going to be the final. I think it's going to be uh, Shingo and Bougie versus Roppongi 3K in the final. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens from there. I think the champions will do well in the tournament. And, you know, I haven't looked at the booking in terms of what some of the final matches are. That'll tell you what they have in store in terms of uh, matches that are going to decide who finishes first and second. But with it being first and second in the block advancing to the final kind of opens up even more possibilities to keep a lot of teams alive towards the end. So... Um, so we'll see, but I think Robbie Eagles is going to impress people. He had a great match that I just put over on Twitter against Will Ospreay. They had matches two years in a row at MCW's biggest show of the year. They just had their second match. It's, um, is it available for free or no, I don't think it is. I, I think don't I think it is. The, it.
0: First, the one the PWA called to arms 2000 2000- PWA. I'm sorry. I said, yeah. MCW. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. right yeah, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. PWA Call to arms in 2017 is the one. And and if you go to That's that article, right. we have that match embedded in the article. So you can watch it right there. The other one, the, the 2018 one, I do not believe is available um, on video or for free. At least I should say
1: it's on the, it's, I saw it somewhere legally, either on the progress um I think I saw it on the progress. Oh, uh, I think
0: that was. I think you did mention I think that. I that saw it on the main
1: progress, and uh, so they had their their rematch, and 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 at the end of that match, Willow Spray ripped the uh, Japanese flag off of his gear because you know he has all those international flags on his on his belt, and he handed it to Robbie Eagles, kind of tipping off that he'd be coming into New Japan, which got a big, huge pop out of the crowd. And and believe me, Eagles can hang. If you've never seen him you know, he'll be in best as super juniors next year, presumably, and he'll fit in like a glove and he's going to do great work. And I think he's going to impress people in this tournament.
0: Um, and so you mentioned and I'm right with you on that final being uh, probably Rapongi 3K and uh, Bushi and Shingo Chikagi. If, if you had to, if you were a betting man, if you had to bet the house, who do you have coming away from this tournament uh, victorious? Is it Bushi and Shingo? Cause I think that's my favorite.
1: I think Rapongi 3K. I think uh, it sets up where Bushi and Shingo will win the match in Corrigan to open the tour. To get Shingo off to a good start in the company. But I think ultimately, Rapongi 3K wins the tournament. In fact, I think Bushi and Shingo may not even make the final because I'm not sure they, I think they want to have that Bushi and, and Shingo win over Rapongi 3K. Um, you know, um, I, I don't think they want to even them up that quickly.
0: I see. Out of the gates, you want out of Bushi the gate, to win. Yes. and then Okay. I I, I see I that strategy. Much, cause...
1: I, I think they want Shingo to look good coming out of the gate, Rapongi 3K to win the tournament. And then win the titles and then you have uh, the natural rivalry for the titles to, to you know, the beginning of next year as you move Kanemaru and Despi out of the way and Roppongi 3K feuds with Shingo and Bushi yeah. from there. And I, you- I think, think Bushi is going to be the pin eater for his team too.
0: Oh, for sure. Oh, no, God. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think
1: they see something in Shingo. I do. I, I think that they well, see and that's,
0: that's why I was going to ask. Is it totally out of the possibility that Shingo just fucking, they just win? You know, they beat Roppongi 3K in the beginning. Maybe they face him again in the finals and they just beat him again. Like, is it, is it even realistically possible that they just fucking wouldn't, run through the tournament?
1: Wouldn't surprise me if they win the tournament. I just don't think that's the route they're going to go. I think this tournament, the reason they expanded it, the way that they did is, I think it's another tool to get show in particular, but Rapongi three k over. Mm-hmm. I think this is this this tournament was built as a device to to build Rapongi three k back up for their next title run. I think that's what the whole point of this tour is, and to showcase Shingo. Like I said, he's got two main events out of the four, including on the first night. I think they'll win that match. I think it'd, it'd be a mistake if they don't. And uh, I think uh, Rapongi 3K wins the tournament, they win the titles, and then you know we go from there.
0: All right. Uh, some other stuff here. Uh, real quickly, we're going to uh, cover over the, uh, the Power Struggle show that's coming up. Uh, I said November 3rd. Here's the oh, match we have thing. so far. Yeah. So,
1: I don't mean to cut you off, but this no, no, is no, no, a no, point, it. too, that I, that I didn't want to forget. Shingo pinning show at King of Pro Wrestling was not happenstance or a mistake. Yo always takes the fall. In for Rapongi 3K in multi-man matches or tag team matches or the G1 Tour, Yo got beat like a drum in matches that had Show either on the other side or as a team or whatever the case may be. Shingo pinning Show was not an accident. And I think long-term, they may see Shingo and Show as a junior rivalry at some point. Because, you know, why didn't he just pin Yo? Yo always takes the pin. You're right, you're right, yeah, yeah. So I and we always talk about that. Those things matter. They put thought into who takes the pin in all of these matches. And that, to me, was something that we forgot to touch on when we talked about King of Pro Wrestling. But show taking the last falconry and everything and eating that pin, that was not a mistake. And it was meant to mean something.
0: All right, so we have right now on this Power Struggle show, we have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito. We have Taiichi defending the Never open weight title against Will Ospreay. We had Omega and Kotobushi versus David Finley and Tanahashi, as you mentioned, uh, uh, buried a little bit back there. Uh, Beretta and Okada versus the Bullet Club, Jay White and Bad Luck Folly. And then your main event, presumably so far, and I guess unless there's some surprise match that, involving guys that we didn't mention, but we mentioned kind of all the heavy hitters already, your main event is Chris Jericho versus Evil for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. So that should be, uh, should be a lot of fun to see that as the... Uh, uh, the top there with the, uh, the power struggle. So um, we'll, we'll get to that more. Cause obviously we have plenty of time to, to touch on that show and, and, and get into a little bit more detail on that. We got to do this show. We got to do super showdown. Uh, <laughs> it's 10 matches. It's a long period of my life. Uh, we'll just go one by one here. I guess make it easier. Tag team title, SmackDown new day versus uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. new day wins. Anything?
1: Rich, you are just you are dead behind the eyes when you do this WWE
0: there's nothing. There's nothing. It's it's I'm broken. I'm done.
1: Look, this card was a nothing show.
0: (laughs) I just had nothing. When I was done watching it, I was like why do I waste why do I do this? There's no point. I liked
1: I liked AJ and Joe. Um I liked Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander, although I will say I'll say this, though. It wasn't as good as your typical 205 Live main event.
0: It ended too abruptly, I thought. It was just like getting going all the way. Here we go. And then it just ended. And I was like, oh, all right.
1: You okay. know, so I, I, I will say that. It wasn't as good as your typical TV, you know, 205 Live main event, but it was a good match. AJ and, and Zero, Joe was a good match. Um, the rest of it was just there. I mean... The Iconics versus Asuka and oh my Naomi.
0: God, what a, that match what never ended. That? It was five minutes. I thought it was fifteen. You, if you told me when that match was over and said, "Rich, how many minutes was this match?" I would have easily told you twelve to fifteen. It was five. Like what?
1: Never ended. <laughs> There's just nothing there with the Iconics. I mean, they're just it, it. Just yeah. Uh, you know this. The New Day Cesaro Sheamus match was a nothing match. Uh, Charlotte Becky. Uh, you know with Becky. Uh, you know. Retaining the title via the DQ wasn't much of a match. Lashley and Cena versus Elias and Kevin Owens. Cena didn't tag <laughs> in until the end. And then that was exactly how we thought it was going to be, though, right? Where we yeah. just Cena. I think it was in. even
0: more egregious than I thought. Because he tagged in, did his move, bounced. I'm out with my hair. I'm going to go speak Chinese. See you later. <laughs> like, just... And then he did the I love I love. There's nothing more than I love than the John Cena. I don't know the next time we're gonna see each other's speech that he does all the fucking time. He puts his gear in the middle of the ring and people go, Oh my god, is that? And then he just like announced for the next show. You know, what I mean? he's just gonna be on the crowd jewel. Just- with this label, okay, man. He done that like 19 times. I mean, he's like, oh well, I don't know, but uh, just let you know, whatever, uh, whatever the next chapter of my life is, this will always be my home. And then like. He's just back, you know, a month later. Just back, like a few weeks later. It's
1: just... With his Lego Man haircut, you know, <laughs> so I don't know what that's about. He just looks like uh, th- your neighbor next door, you know. He's just
0: <laughs> like it's, your neighbor uh... that goes to the gym. Like, would be still like, you know, yeah. You're just like, ah, geez, he's he's looking pretty good for 45 or whatever. Like, you know, your neighbor that's just like, oh, all right, yeah. Like...
1: Um, you know, the 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 six woman tag, Rousey and the Bellas versus the Riot Squad. I mean. It didn't do much for me. It was just a match.
0: Yeah, it was exactly uh, what you thought. Once Rousey got in, kicked a bunch of ass, and it's awesome when she kicks you, a bunch of ass.
1: You know what was weird about it is they kept teasing that the Bellas would only tag each other, but then nothing came of it. I thought Rousey was going to get mad at them at some point no. and beat them up.
0: No, I, but they didn't do that. It, you know, so and that then they beat, they beat her up on Raw just because. <laughs> which again, like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. All right. Oh, God. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But the logic of why 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 would the Bellas beat up on on Ronda Rousey? I mean, I guess they're going to try to explain it, but, like, she just, like, single-handedly won them the match. She's a fucking killer. Like, I'm not crossing around to Rousey if I'm the Bellas, you know? And they were ignoring
1: her in right. this
0: match. <laughs> right. They so, wouldn't tag her. Like, the and way you would do beat- that is Rousey would get mad at them and, 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 yes. and, and do something. But the Bellas turned on them, even though she's, like, clearly stronger, clearly better. <sighs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> and they <laughs> wouldn't tag her, and it wasn't like she was being, she was just, like, shrugging her shoulders, like, all right, I'll yeah. get my turn eventually. And it's then she, like she
0: got even- in there, tossed people around, and then they hugged afterwards, so... I yeah then, <laughs> I fucking um, cares. let's see so we had the shield versus
1: strollman Ziegler, Ziggler and McIntyre rich do you remember when the shields f- had their first run and they had the, all those kick-ass six-man tags this wasn't one of those um I mean I thought at least with this match maybe we'd get you know like a 2014 what 2014 is the right year right uh, I believe shield, so, yeah, yeah.
0: Or shield, or 14, six-man
1: tag sure. yeah but it's like no, this was just a match. This was like a series of two and a half star matches, with the Murphy Alexander match, uh, you know, being a spike, and Styles and Joe was pretty good too. And then we had our main event.
0: I want to say real quick, the that, that six man was actually my far and away my least favorite match the entire night the shield so, six man yeah i fucking hated it, it was so oh, wow. it was so it was just everything that i dislike about these matches like there was the one point again like this is the kind of a new thing that they're doing as well where um i forget what happened i think Strowman came over and just like you know it just knocked knocked uh ambrose and reigns off the side of the ring Those guys sold for ten minutes on the outside of the ring, just from like a shoulder shrug or whatever the hell it was, and left Seth. You know what I mean? Like it was that same thing. Like we had a tell in the cell where it's like, what are these guys doing? How are they still selling this? Like Cole's like, oh, you know, Ambrose and Reigns still on the ground or whatever. And I'm like, what the hell? Like they only got like barely touched. Why are they not up? Like it's just one of those weird logic gaps that 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 doesn't quite work. Um, I thought the announcing in this this match in particular just annoyed me to no end. There was the Braun Strowman. How do you stop this monster? (laughs) It's like I don't know. A spear, <laughs> like seemed to do it pretty well last month, but like you can't do the how do you stop this monster when he's always stopped? Like he stops all the time, he always gets stopped. I can't do the I cannot do another. Is there a crack in the shield? Crack in the shield. I can't do monster among men. I can't do lunatic fringe. I just I lost my mind. And then he fucking speared him through the barricade. And I just said, fuck this match, fuck this company. I <laughs> goddamn spear through the barricade. I never want to see that ever again ever it was oh my god i hate that move so much it's a big yeah, card mean, every fucking show pay-per-view you, oh my you. god through the barricade and michael cole's gotta sell it like michael cole has seen that happen 77 times in the last three years and he, oh my god i how did it where did he come from how did he do that i don't know <laughs> go watch two pay per views ago like, god damn it i hate this match
1: it's a tough show for me to write a review for because it was so just blah. Yeah, yeah. What do I write about these match? I mean,
0: No, and just, like nothing else, else on the like this is a match that made me upset. None of the else of the, nothing else made me upset. The rest of it was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, this is
1: there. And then you have yeah. Brian Miz, which I mean, here's the thing. If you're gonna do a two minute Brian Miz match to kind of blow off the feud for now or to move Brian into a title match or whatever, why does he have to win on a fucking like small package. Why can't he just kick the shit right, out of the
0: Miz? The fuck out of him. Just kick him and beat the fuck out of him and hit your move. Make him tap out in the middle of the ring and then bye. <laughs> the psychology
1: here is all wrong.
0: You gotta keep your heat. Miz has gotta keep his heat even though the he's Miz's, the deal.
1: <laughs> the, Miz, the whole basis of the Miz's character is that he sucks and that he has to cheat and use shenanigans. Because right. he's kind of a pussy and he kind of sucks and we all know that Daniel Bryan's better than him but the Miz always uses the brass knucks or has something else up his sleeve and and like in a situation like this, if you're going to do the two-minute match, why doesn't Brian just annihilate him? It, it, that that tells the story of Brian and the Miz and wraps it up in a neat bow. The small package and having the Miz be all stunned that he got outsmarted. That's like how the heel should beat the fit. Fi- yeah, just- oh, so,
0: the psychology was terrible for that. Like Daniel Bryan should not win via a small package. Like Daniel Bryan should definitively beat him. Like now Brian looks like a geek. Like you don't accept that. If I'm de- if you're the, the valiant babyface, you don't accept rolling a guy up with a small fucking package.
1: Especially the Miz, because the I, whole idea is the Miz right. sucks. If
0: Bruno doesn't roll somebody up with a small package and run out of the ring as quick as possible, going, Yes, I did it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? It's not hard. Like, what, we've lost our minds. We've lost so our minds. Why would this you ever do that? So that's the
1: match that had me worked up, as yeah. much as I'm gonna get worked up over this company. Uh, because you really can't. I mean, it did the arm's length thing. But you know, it, the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing is just frustrating because, you know, I, I was hoping for Vintage S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And it was just a 2, two star match. match.
0: It was exactly everything that I hate about the WWE, like shaky cam, announcers <laughs> spouting nicknames, announcers saying crack in the S.H.I.E.L.D., tropes, like it was just everything all in one, like a, a, a nice, tight, nice, tight little 20-minute package of just every single thing I cannot stand about the, the aesthetics of the company, but yeah, there you go.
1: And then the main event. I'm going to be as fair as possible. Look, if you're into the Undertaker as a character, if you're into Triple H as a character, if you're into the history of this feud, if you're into all of those things, and you're into the entrances and all that, you probably enjoyed yourself on right, something.
0: Bingo. One. That's exactly my review. Is like not the match for me, not what I want to see in 2018 wrestling. But there's somebody out there that does, and this is right for them. I'm sure they loved it.
1: Yeah, not and I'm not going to come out, and, and yeah, and I'm not going to come out here and it's look, not made for me. We all know it stunk. You know, they did a walk and brawl into the crowd. They lost the crowd progressively as the match went along. Like the crowd was not into this and the finish was flat and all those things. Finish was flat for Brian and Miz too, which proves that it didn't work. Um, You know, so it's like, you know, but look, there's probably someone out there who thought this was the coolest thing ever. And that person wasn't me.
0: No, definitely not a match made for us. Definitely not a match that we were going to enjoy. But yeah, I can't hate on it because it was for the audience that it was for, which is not us. So, you know,
1: and I didn't think it was going to be good. So I wasn't disappointed from that perspective. Exactly. I mean, you know, so it was uh, 27 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. And as far (laughs) as look, the show drew 60,000 fans. That's a massive success. Um, It's going to be one of the, it may be the most like you know, you know how much? What did WrestleMania do this year? I don't even remember in uh, New Orleans.
0: Uh, yeah, what was that number? Let me let me fire it up real quick so we have. Uh,
1: so you know, there. it may be the most successful. You know, well, actually, what did uh, what did the Saudi? They said 70, Saudi Arabia they said
0: seventy-eight. said seventy-eight, one thirty-three for the uh, WrestleMania thirty-four.
1: Yeah, what's the real number? What did Dave say? Uh, do? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't okay. know. So uh, who knows? It's one of the top attended shows of the year. The first Saudi Arabia show was in the same neighborhood, right? Didn't it do? some ridiculous, crazy number or I, 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 so, you know, it's from that perspective, uh, you know, the show drew well, um, you know, very well and, and, and was a big success. I, you know, so they're talking about doing three of them next year in the three big cities in Australia, three of the bigger cities in Australia. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, here's the thing. this show was dry. It was boring. It was, you know, felt every second of the four and a half hours that it took to get through it. And it didn't have the, first, you know, the greatest Royal Rumble was kind of fun from a spectacle perspective.
0: Yeah, this didn't have that same fun to it. No. Uh it was sixty thousand for the the greatest Royal Rumble.
1: Okay, so same neighborhood. The greatest you had it wandering around and fucking sitting on couches and, it was just a bizarre.
0: It, it was absurd. It was absurd. The absurdity of it made it fascinating. It was absurd. Yeah. yeah. There was, like, a sumo guy no one's ever heard of. Like, it was absurd. It There's was no an thing- absolutely ridiculous show.
1: Yeah, this was just a boring pro-wrestling show. Yeah. So, I'm... Nothing.
0: And I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll get into, uh, into Crown Jewel. <laughs> Another week. This is not the week to get into Crown Jewel. Uh, we'll... Time yeah, comes when we... Will... <laughs> I, have a f-
1: I have a feeling some more news is going to happen.
0: Yes. So, uh, yeah, we'll... Uh... We'll wait next week to talk about Crown Jewel.
1: Cause... I think it would be best for all to wait a
0: week <laughs> yes. on the uh, Crown
1: Jewel talk. We're not going to dodge it, of course. But No, uh, no, we
0: want to talk about it, but I think it's best if we We're wait in
1: the middle talk. of some pretty big fucking news which could affect Crown Jewel. And why don't we let that settle in and play out before yes. we break down Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel may not even happen. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, it might know, yeah, yeah. The, the last
0: quote, so, somebody finally got a quote from somebody in WWE and they said we were looking to the matter is, is all they, they said, so. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, we may end up – I'm not going to talk about a show that might not even happen. Exactly, yeah. And the lead topic on one of these flagships might be why that show isn't happening. Yes. So let's just <laughs> hold off on the Crown Jewel stuff. And I, I guess we'll just go over Bound for Glory quickly and wrap it up.
0: Yep, I think that's it. This is a uh, pretty light week in terms of stuff, so I think that'll work. So, Joe, um, when we were discussing the, the preview for the show, and I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, I have not watched CNA in the last month. I've just been kind of doing other stuff and busy with some other things. I have not caught up on TNA. I don't know all the things with TNA. So now I am asking you, sir, Bound for Glory is coming up this weekend. We have a preview up on VoicesWrestling.com. Sell me or don't sell me on Bound for Glory. Should I watch Bound for Glory? Should I not watch Bound for Glory? Clue us in. Because like I'm sure there's a lot of people in my situation as well that have maybe not been keeping up with the weekly TV, maybe not listening to your fantastic reviews at, at Patreon.com slash VoicesWrestling that need to get clued in. Hey, Bound for Glory is coming up. Do I watch the show? Should I spend my time on Sunday watching Bound for Glory? Joe, yes or no?
1: I mean, I've enjoyed Impact, and just based on the last pay-per-view, based on Anniversary, I think you have to give it a look. I do think a lot of these stories have been set up very well. I do think everyone will work hard. And on paper, it looks like an okay show. Um, it'll be hard to top Anniversary, and I wouldn't go in with those kind of expectations. But there is plenty of stuff here to sink um, your teeth into, and if you want to – Quickly knock it down if you uh, if you want me to give you a quick uh, synopsis of what's going on in each yeah. of the matches that we know about at least to this point. Yeah,
0: so yeah, there, there's some matches that have still not been officially announced. We're recording this on uh, Thursday at eight thirty, so this is what we have at this point on on that Thursday. Uh, we have a uh, uh, Matt Seidel and Ethan Page versus Rich Swan and to be announced. To be announced is a big mystery. Well, we we can't even get we got sources that won't even give us the to be announced because I don't know if they know the to be announced. So that's a big mystery here of this TBA. TBA. Swan,
1: yeah. Always a tough opponent. The story here is Matt Seidel um, had been trying to. He's a heel, and he's doing the third eye gimmick. And that third eye does not refer to his asshole. That third eye refers <laughs> to his
0: butthole. Yeah, uh,
1: spiritual third eye.
0: He's, uh, woke. Not, he's woke. All right.
1: Yes, and it's the spiritual thing. It is not his balloon knot. Okay. It is not his butthole. It is It is a spiritual we got thing. It, Joe.
0: We got it That is it's not his butthole. And,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say balloon knot. But, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: so, I think the first reference of balloon knot on the show, which is a good one.
1: Ah, uh, surely I've referenced, blue knot I don't think so. Before.
0: No, no, you've used uh, the other terms, but I've never heard blue knot out of your mouth before. So, all
1: right, well, there you go. You know, blue knot. But, uh, so Seidel, you know, he went through this thing with Rich Swan where he's trying to talk him into being his partner. They eventually did team together and it did not work out. So Rich Swan was like, I've had enough of your bullshit and your shenanigans and your wacky spiritual nonsense. So now we are enemies. So Matt Seidel will team with Ethan Page here. And uh, Rich Swan is going to bring in a mystery partner. and We'll see who that turns out to be. So just as you know, it's a, it's a prelim uh, storyline that will play out on the pay-per-view. Uh,
0: Tessa Blanchard and Taya Valkyrie. This is for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Of course, Tessa Blanchard, the champion defending against Taya Valkyrie. Uh, clue us in on what's going on with this. So
1: Tessa Blanchard won the Knockouts title uh, uh, basically as soon as she signed an Impact contract, which we all expected would happen <laughs> because it's Don Callis' favorite wrestler on the entire planet. Um, she successfully defended her title against um, in Mexico at the Mexico tapings against Fabi Apache, the newly bald Fabi Apache, in what was a pretty good TV match. And then, as a surprise, Taya Valkyrie appeared on the uh, the the screen to lay out a challenge to Tessa for uh, this show here. Taya Valkyrie has been gone for a while. This was her uh, return, and I guess they figured since Taya Valkyrie has roots in Mexico that she was gonna baby face reaction once you challenge the evil tessa blanchard for the title didn't really work out that way the people at the uh the fans at the taping didn't really care uh at least it came across that way on tv but either way here we are and we've got tessa blanchard defending the knockouts title against taya valkyrie uh taya valkyrie is someone who i am perplexed by her reputation i have never seen a taya valkyrie match where i've said holy shit she's really good i was about to ask because so,
0: she gotten any better I, as of late because the last i saw her she was pretty horrendous so no i, you know, <laughs> I guess on, on your level no i don't know what her reputation
1: is in mexico i don't watch enough of her mexico uh work but whenever i see her on impact i come away thinking she is just a girl i don't get it i don't i don't think she's ever been horrendous uh, as you termed it, I don't think I'm that, I'm that low on her, but I, I just, she's, she's just always just there. So, uh, but you, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see what yeah, happens. At, is good, but I
0: don't know if she's good enough to, to, to get tired. I think Tessa needs someone that's kind of on her level to, to have a great match. I, I don't know if Taya Valkyrie will, or but. maybe we're just not watching the right Taya Valkyrie match. That's true. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, Eddie Edwards versus Moose. This is just a normal match here. Eddie Edwards, Moose. Uh, Clue us in on what's going on with these two guys.
1: Well, they were friends in storyline, best friends in storyline, classic pro wrestling storyline. Moose is now aligned with Austin Aries and, and, and Killer Cross. And, uh, you know, this is the comeuppance match. This is Eddie Edwards finally getting Moose one-on-one. So this is your standard issue grudge match.
0: Uh Eddie for people have not watched, is he still uh is still Tommy Dreamer reincarnated or no? Has he He has is he still utterly
1: he's utterly insane. Yes. He, he he calls his cane by human names now, the yes. Singapore Cane. That's what I want. His his wife is still separated from Eddie and she can't talk sense into him. Those segments are always amusing.
0: Is she fucking Tommy Dreamer yet or no?
1: Uh, no, she was never fucking Tommy Dreamer, uh, and it's very—I uh, don't know I why. Yes, I said
0: yes. Right. I was saying that it did it. Did oh, it oh get okay. Yeah, no, I wasn't saying. So no, Tommy's gone. Tom, Tommy. No, no. I Tommy <laughs> hasn't been around for a while.
1: But so. she hasn't been around, no, so
0: don't. we don't know. You know, yeah, yeah. She's, been
1: she's been back. She's been back. She's been back. She's been wrestling. Well, so. So we don't know what she um, does in her free
0: time. So I don't know. You, know <laughs> <what>? <laughs>
1: okay, you're right. you, you want me to say she's fucking Tommy Dreamer? Yeah, so no, let's No, say no alicia edwards is definitely fucking Dreamer. i knew dreamer. it
0: i fucking knew it God. he is
1: intimately familiar with her balloon knot how about that Of course,
0: that? yeah of course it's Tommy dreamer man he can My this is the third ever. hour in the second hour how yeah about that? this is the best did you uh when we, the last time we talked about Tommy dreamer we we're like nobody wants to fuck Tommy dreamer we our mentions blew up with like he's married to beulah you asshole <laughs> like yeah but you know
1: oh i wasn't aware of that i did not know that those <laughs> yeah. two were uh married the last 20 years thanks for the the tip uh but uh but yeah i, I don't know you you seem to yeah. be fat you seem fascinated with the idea of someone fucking tommy dream
0: i just am i don't know why i just i just am you, you always always you it's know whether like it's
1: tommy dreamer.
0: like you know the old time dreamer fucked but i don't i don't imagine that the 2018 Tommy dreamer can fuck but maybe yeah,
1: he's got bad body parts and stuff but <laughs> i don't know i i they got blue chew now i don't why are we picking on it a- I don't don't know. know I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea the quality of Tommy Dreamer's erection. Okay. So I I don't know. I would assume that he fucks. I don't know why you pick on Tommy Dreamer so much and his fucking. I, I really don't understand.
0: Ohio versus everything Dave, Jake, and Sammy Callahan versus Brian Cage, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. in an OVE rules match.
1: Now, listen to me, AAW event goer. Sammy's good here. He's good, in, and so is uh, OVE. They're good in Impact. I've, I've, good turned, I've, turned,
0: I've turned the table on them a little bit. I really have. Even in AEW, I, I don't hate them as much as okay. I used to. So I've, you I've turned the corner a bit. I I can sometimes enjoy a Sam McAllen match. I don't leave immediately when he's in the match. And the Chris I actually love. So I've turned the corner a little bit on on, on all of them. So
1: they're always good in this company, and they've got good opponents on the other side, and this should be wild. And at minimum, I can't see this being less than like three and a half. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a fun, wild six-man tag with, you know, wacky OVE rules, whatever that means. Just a no-DQ match, I guess.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, what What are the specific rules? Have they been laid out of the OVE rules, or is just kind of... Guys, I don't know. I, there, there are no rules. It's OVE rules, right? It's it an OV. It means it means the Chris are gonna use weapons and beat the fuck out of you know Phoenix with weapons or something. So
1: Street Fight, no DQ, it's all the same shit. Yeah. So
0: uh all right, so we have a concrete jungle death match. You're gonna have to definitely explain this one. You have LAX. Uh, Santana Ortiz, Conan versus the OGs, Hernandez, Homicide, and King. We talked about this match on Slammiversary, one of the best matches on the entire show, uh, the LAX versus OGs. Now you add Conan in the mix. I don't know if that hurts or helps. Probably doesn't help, but it's a concrete jungle death match. Joe, what is a concrete jungle death match?
1: I mean, exactly what it says. I mean, the the mob bosses who were in charge of all this ordered a ceasefire, so these men haven't been able to touch Uh, Basically, since the little boy died in the street,
0: (laughs) this Um, is all a real thing, by the way. That's all
1: real, all real. So (laughs) the uh, the boy got run over
0: by the car, and we saw it in first person. That's you know,
1: the mob bosses have the creed that the ceasefire uh, would end at Bound for Glory when these men would settle their differences in a pro wrestling match. Which I mean it would have been great if like the Sopranos ended that way, right? right
0: yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just Tony it's, just tagging in.
1: Oh no. Tony It's like no, nope, we're gonna they have a their mobs sit down and decide to settle things in a in a pro wrestling match. Yeah, like now. a
0: softball game or something like that. <laughs> you know two yeah, on two basketball so, game. All right, guys, enough of this killing. Let's settle it on the on the streets in a two on two.
1: So this yes, yeah, so this gang dispute will be will be settled under the auspices of impact wrestling <laughs> with a referee. And um uh, but, 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 you know, well, it hasn't regulated. You
0: needed a partial judge to say, well, now the lat- this gang has won the war. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that more gang wars should be settled with a referee.
1: I mean, let's be honest. The bosses would have just put, they would have approved of a hit on King for killing a small child. Sure. And right. Yeah. Yeah. King Homicide and Hernandez would just be dead right now. And, you know, either like Conan alluded to, Conan actually alluded to the idea that because LAX wanted to attack. The OGs at one point during the ceasefire, and he said, "Yeah, well, you're going to end up, you know, in a bucket full of acid if if you do that." So he 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 you know alluded to the well, idea. Kodan that
0: respects the Bob Moss. That's
1: good. He you know he, he understands. Yeah, he
0: understands where he lives on the uh, on the. Have, have they ever? Uh, do we know who this bo- uh, mob Boss is? Is it? Yeah, yeah. They, they had uh... a
1: whole segment with them. There were three old guys.
0: Okay. Oh, so it's not a. Sp- oh, okay, okay. So it was. It's not like they're not shadowy figures. It's not Dario Cueto. It's just three old Mexican dudes.
1: No, we had a sit down. Okay. In, like, a restaurant with a bartender cleaning glasses in the background. It was fantastic. Like, there was a bartender in the back drying out. You don't out. have
0: to do those anymore. You know the thing? They have those. I love the idea that, like, the classic, like, bar scene is still, like, the bartender, like, with the towel running through the glasses, even though, Joe, I know you don't frequent bars all that much, but you could drag to them a lot. They have the things now where you just put the glass down, it shoots the water in there, and you put it in a heater, and then you never, nobody hand dries glasses anymore. I have not seen anybody hand-dry glass the entire time I've been of drinking age, but... I like how it's still well, part of it, though. I love it. They
1: did in this dusty little bar where they had the sit down, but uh, that's where the <laughs> ceasefire was ordered. I guess
0: it's a dusty mob bar, so they wouldn't have any of those, you know, fancy pants things. So,
1: well, and, and Conan, look, he's the baby face, so of course he respects the rules, you know. So he respected the ceasefire. <laughs> even
0: if it's a mob bar, yeah, that's right. Still baby yeah. face, yeah.
1: there's still baby face and a heel in every scenario, you know. But uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. They built it up nicely, and it's obviously going to build up to a spot where Conan and King go at it, and Conan, you know, because they've been. Teasing that since Conan cracked King over the head with the eight ball on the sock. So (laughs) <laughs> you know, so, uh, and we all thought King might have been dead, but that wasn't the case. We should
0: have played a segment where you have just explained parts of the storyline and then asked me if it was actually happened or didn't happen. See That's I, true. See if yeah. I could have actually ever. That's a missed opportunity there. It is uh, a missed
1: opportunity. We I knew about played. the
0: kid, but I had no idea about the eight ball with the sock. You could have absolutely said that and then said something else afterwards, and I would have assumed that the eight ball with the sock would have
1: Yeah, been. King begged him. He said, Conan, just finish me off. Just finish me off, partner. Finish me <laughs> off, partner. Right. And then he just took the eight ball and the sock and he and, but but the camera cut to black right before he struck. Uh, all right.
0: you know? So King is presumably dead or no? We know he's back.
1: No, no, no. That was when they had their street <laughs> that's when they had their street rumble several weeks back. Ah, okay. And then we thought King was dead. I was gonna say okay.
0: that would definitely kill you, right? But he's 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 okay.
1: And then yes, he's okay because LAX was celebrating with the child in the neighborhood, and that's when King came in his lowrider oh, and ran over. Got, got it, got it. So, so that's that King made there. his return from the dead by killing the child by hitting him. Presumably,
0: there was brain damage, and that's maybe why he was so reckless behind the wheel. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's kind of a plot hole because the implication was that that Conan really finished him off with the eight ball and the sock. You know what I mean? We thought King was written off at that point. So it was kind of supposed to be a surprise that he came rumbling down the street looking for revenge, and he ended up killing the kid. That led to the ceasefire. You see?
0: I do. (laughs) I do. I do. Thank
1: you. Yeah, Like, in hindsight... I wish that, like, in season four of The Sopranos, that Tony would have told Paulie Walnuts and and Feach LaManna, look, we're going to settle this in a wrestling match, you two, instead of planting the flat-screen TVs in Feach LaManna's garage and then sending the FBI to his house to get him sent back to prison. You see what I mean? That was boring in comparison to having a concrete jungle death
0: match. match. Yeah, yeah. They must not have known that that match was even available for their for the taking, so yeah, that's, uh, Correct. is this going to live up to the Slammiversary match? Will this be better or worse than the anniversary match, do you think? I
1: think with the inclusion of Conan and King, it'll, you can, you know, well, Conan heat because of Conan and King being, involved. I don't know, that was a really good match. Look, yeah. these guys are going to go out there and go crazy. I, I think, I have confidence it'll be good.
0: All right, and then your main event here. This is just a straight singles match, no sort of death match, no rules. Impact World Championship. Austin Aries defending his title against Johnny Impact. Joe, what should we look forward to for this one?
1: Well, Austin Aries should log off. Um, that's number one. <laughs>
0: number yeah. two,
1: um, as through, bad going, as you- going
0: through veggie burgers and just log off. Like, just go away, please. It-
1: does more harm than good. I mean as bad as he is on Twitter is as good as he is like on his wrestling promos. That's the sad part. Um but yeah, he's a he's a great wrestler. Look, John I guess. Um I have confidence in Aries to where I think Aries has carried people all year long whether it's been Fallaba, go right down the line. And he gets good matches out of everyone. So I think this will be good. I think Aries will want it to be great. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, but it's Johnny impact and I think he's okay, but he's not someone who I think to myself, this is a guy who's going to go out there and have a high caliber match of the year, you know, kind of match, I think. But, you know, so anything above uh pretty good would be a win here. I think Ari should retain though. Um, I don't think Johnny Impact should win the title. I think Aries should retain. I think he's going to be a good champion. Um, I think taking the title off of him and blaming him for like, business and stuff would be outrageous. I don't think it's his fault or anybody else's fault necessarily. We talked about at the top of the show why they're struggling from that perspective. So I'd like to see Aries retain, and I hope the match exceeds my um, you know fairly decent expectations.
0: So for someone who, who has not watched Impact as of late... And, and their last frame of reference is slamversary or whatnot. It, could you, can you safely assume that slamversary was will be better than Battle for Glory? Or do you not have any idea? Do you think this could live off to that standard? Because Slammiversary, as you said, show of the year standard. That's a tough – You know, it's hard to get to that level yet this again. Isn't,
1: this isn't going to be better than Slammiversary.
0: Okay. But it, it, um, it still could be good, though. You're not going to waste I think it your could three be good. hours I mean, or
1: whatever. I'm, I'm, looking at this, I think it could be good, yeah. I mean, okay. Edwards and Moose can be good. The um, LAX stuff is going to be good. And unless they go theatrical with it, that's a caveat. If it's like wacky and theatrical, it might be good from like a fun, bad perspective. But if it's just a match, like a fucking no DQ match, it's it's going to be good. The main event will be okay. I think the Sammy Callahan six man will be good. Yeah, it, this can be a good show, but I can't sit here and tell you it's going to be better than Slammiversary because Slammiversary was one of the best shows of the year. I mean, it was awesome. yeah.
0: Okay, well that's that's good. You know, I'm, I'm pretty interested uh, in checking it out now. I mean, that's a good little preview that you give me. of This concrete jungle death match. I'm 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 pretty open. They, they should. They probably have a YouTube video that just has all this stuff in there, right? Like, I should probably watch this. This sounds, it sounds so ridiculous. If they
1: don't, then someone should put something like You're that right. together. I, I think. If somebody
0: listening to the show in some way, shape, or form has some sort of connections to Impact Wrestling's YouTube content. Um, they should probably put that together for people that maybe have not been following the story and are interested in following the story before Bound for Glory. Unfortunately, we don't know who that person is, and we have. I'm just a hypothetical, but if there were to be that person that's listening to the show right now uh, at this point, um, you should probably do that.
1: That'd be a great idea.
0: All right, so that is the show for this week. Uh, a lot of stuff to cover uh, a lot of stuff to cover in the next few weeks as well. But anyway, you're going to want to check out voiceofwrestling.com. As I said, a lot of good stuff up there, including our Super Junior Tag League preview. Uh, voiceofwrestling.com slash forums. Uh, Joe mentioned it earlier. Our great discussion board where we discuss this show, uh, everything that we talked about on the show, and a bunch of other stuff in the world of wrestling. Definitely want to get in on that. Uh, Patreon.com slash voiceofwrestling. Some good stuff going on there. We have our Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame series that's gotten rave reviews thus far. You got NFL Intelligentsia. I'm going to drop an NBA Intelligentsia on you to get ready for the nba season uh you got the super junior tag league stuff coming up every single day of that entire tour so that's gonna be awesome to check it out as well so go to patreon.com slash voice wrestling find a tier that works for you uh and then yeah follow us on on twitter at voices wrestling and i think that's about it voice wrestling.com slash amazon i guess if you're on amazon and you make a purchase do it on that because then we make money from that so that is good for us anyway uh we are out of here so for joe lanza i am rich creation we'll see you next time on the voice wrestling flagship podcast take care in the world of-